Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode nine of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And with me, Josh Betley. And with our second guest, uh, Mr. Johnny Miller. You alright, Johnny? Hello. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are yep. you? How are you boys? Good to be here. Good to be on the show. I'm a fan, as you know. Yeah. I'm a subscriber. You must be the only um, one. I'm- Fan, not subscriber. Well, yeah, actually, I want to thank you because I've been sleeping really well since I've been yeah. there. So, no, but in all honesty, it's uh, it's good to be here. I actually wanted to take issue with a couple of things from last week, though. Like, first off, why, where was Carlton Palmer in either of your worst England 11s or was oh, that just right. before your time? You were yeah, barely before, sperms, weren't you? By before our time. I think. Yeah, you were barely sperms back then, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, true. And Josh, come what, on, man. What, you happened, were 90s- what happened to um, keeping this PG because mum and dad might be listening? <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that started early, haven't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what about the uh, the goalkeeper shirt, Josh? As well, man. Come on, you're an '86 goalkeeper shirt. That that up until recently was like the the one and only penalty shootout I've seen England win. <laughs> yeah, potentially, potentially. If that's what you're giving me hate for, I'm really worried for the next well, sort of hour. I'm going to yeah, get yeah, abused. I've got, few, I've got a few things. I, I just, I'm, I'm disappointed actually looking at you on the video as well that you're not sitting on your uh, soapbox that you actually have uh, with your name on. Your soapbox? My soapbox. Do you box. remember his soapbox with the, uh, oh, with the oh, name? Oh, yeah. so it wasn't actually his soapbox. Yeah, box. no, it was my dad's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, fair one. I had to Shout scrub that to clean before, before he arrived. <laughs> All right, then. Let's crack on. Right. Um, yeah, crack on. So... The first game of the weekend was uh, Chelsea United. Uh, Man United have kept just one clean sheet so far this season, uh, whereas this time last season they'd kept seven. Um, but there's only one place really to start with this game, and that was um, the Mourinho uh, fight on the touchline, basically. Um, where do you land? Uh, we'll start with you, Johnny. Where do you land on this sort of um, on this debate? Who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? Well, I think like it's a difficult one because when it's the 96th minute of a game like that, when an unbeaten record's on the line, and it's it is pretty much a title contender match, isn't it? Regardless of Man United's form, they're going to pick up. Uh, whether Mourinho stays or goes, they're going to be up there. So, I mean, it's like when players take the shirts off and they get booked. It's like they're not thinking about it. Um, I don't necessarily think that. Sorry, I'd like you know malice intent. I I just think emotions got the better of him and he just wanted to I mean Conte used to do it you know he used to run up the touchline and like nobody kicked off about him so yeah, I don't true. really I think it's a mountain out of a molehill just because of the way Mourinho reacted because he is a sore loser at the end of the day so do you have, you um, have sympathy for Mourinho yeah well I think if he wants to start a fight you should call Dana White and get it set up on the <laughs> UFC because I think sorry that's <laughs> alright uh, Josh where do you where do you where do you land on this um, I sort of agree with Johnny in the most Um but I think if if that was like a, potentially an actual manager, do you not think they might get like fined or like a touchline ban maybe? Because he has like proper like run past well, his face. Well, he has face been fined like, today. Oh, okay. I think he's called um, Yanni something Yanni. Um, he's a I think he's an assistant manager or something. Um, but he has been fined today. Um, I don't think he's I don't think there's any ban involved. Um, I have to agree partly with what you're saying, Johnny. But what? What I would say, just to play devil's advocate, is that um, if that was me, um, I wouldn't be trying to start a fight on the touchline in front of uh, 40,000 people. Um, cameras. I, I, and cameras, yeah. I, I have to admit, though, uh, Mourinho got absolutely hammered during the game into from the Chelsea fans. Um, yeah, he was giving it the three titles, chan- uh, absolute, wasn't he, to yeah. the Chelsea fans, like... 
Yeah, I, think, I know what you're saying. I just think, like, be the bigger man then. Uh, you know, he, it'll go further if he just didn't kick off with him, if you just yeah. give him the, the, the stare. And then people were like, that's a bit out of order from sorry, but Mourinho, at least he kept his dignity. But fighting like that, I mean, what kind of message does that, that send to your players, especially when there's a lack of discipline seemingly at United anyway yeah, at the moment? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's a tough one because I'm not a massive fan of Mourinho anyway. Um, but the way that uh, the Chelsea fans treat him on, I think we've spoken about London-based fans on the podcast. Um, with, I mean, Josh, you're talking to two northern Newcastle fans uh, today. So I support I think, a northern team. Yeah, well, you do, yeah. Um, but it's, it's difficult because they're, they're, they've treated him like an absolute knobhead. So I can see why he's, um, why he's reacted because... It, what, the way that they treat him throughout the game was out of order, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with your view on London-based teams and their fans. So yeah. um, they're all they're all twats. I nearly I nearly said one of the words that we're not allowed to use on this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, next up, uh, 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 Anthony Martial. Um, interesting fact that I, I read this week. Um, since his debut in September of 2015, uh, no player for Man United has scored more goals in all competitions than Anthony Martial. Um, Man United fans love him. You can see why he scored twice on Saturday. Um, what are your views on it, Josh? Um, I think he's one of those players, a bit like Pogba, that needs a bit of sort of like, in a one-on-one scenario with his manager, just needs a bit of like support, a bit of like... Just, yeah. just to show from the manager that he is sort of in favour, even if he's not getting game time. Like, he fell out with Mourinho, didn't he? Yeah. But then he's been given a new contract. So somewhere, someone somewhere in the club clearly wants him there. Um, do you remember when, was it Martial that got his number changed when Zlatan came? Yeah, was... yeah that was what I was going to say. That, that kind of showed the level of his ego already as a teenager when he was kicking off about that. Well, he um, basically because he wanted the AM9 because he wanted like yeah. his own CR7 type thing. Didn't he, he rebranded, didn't he? And then and then <laughs> Zlatan came and was like, "No, this is mine." <laughs> um, yeah, go on, Johnny. Well, I just want to start. With you. Did Did you guys see that meme that was going around? It was uh, loads of Martial's faces, and it said, "Why does Martial <laughs> always look like he's just spotted someone out?" shopping who owes him money yeah I did see that yeah <laughs> it's and it's excellent like, isn't it it's like pictures from when he was like nine years old to pretty much he's like, he's like looking down the bridge of his nose to the side <laughs> yeah. like always yeah it's um, brilliant but yeah I think with him again I don't think we know the full picture of what's going on behind the scenes because I mean he's never really been a regular at Man United even when he first signed so mm-hmm. yeah I, I think there's obviously and, and as Josh alluded to there with the whole Zlatan number change thing the way he reacted there seemingly uh, wasn't good. It was all about him rather than the team. And like, I don't know whether he's just got a bit of an ego and he's a bit of a loose cannon, but he's definitely mm-hmm. talented. But yeah. obviously there's a reason why he wasn't in the French squad either, you know? Yeah, um, I really rate him, you know. Um, I think that United are missing a trick by not playing him uh, as much as they should be. Um, I think he proved that on Saturday. He's, he's quite, um, a, quite a fan's favourite, I think, at United. Um but obviously, he's just not getting as much game time as as possibly should be. Um, again, he's another one of those players where I, th- I feel like he is a number nine or a player to play through the middle. But he has been pushed out wide. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, he's sort of like the French Rashford, isn't he? In sort of like yeah. position, st- sort of style of play as well. Like he's quick. He's got a bit of bit of skill. Yeah, and he's not getting in the team as much as he maybe want would maybe want yeah, to. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
But again, he's got that sort of tactical discipline to play that sort of wide forward role, which yeah. I think is why these players get put there. And he's good at like he, he again like he proved on on Saturday. He's good at like cutting in um, his players like quite an inside forward kind of role, like the, as you say, like a Rashford. Um, what do you think? Would you? What would you be doing if you were United manager, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, I think that the only reason we're really talking about, well, obviously he scored two at the weekend and he scored against us. So, I mean, that's probably why we're talking about more than Rashford. But I think that the only reason why the, the media are talking about him and Rashford, Rashford and saying what they're saying is largely to do with the former Lukaku and Sanchez. And I think if they were firing more, especially yeah. Sanchez, um, it was his first goal of the season it had to be against Newcastle, didn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, and he's been getting a lot of pelters as well. I think if, if they were playing well and they were scoring goals and winning games, then the fact that Martial was A, pushed wide and and B, not on the team uh, when he was playing, uh, sorry, when yeah, not on the team, would uh, would would be a bit of a mute point. So I think like it's, it's Man United kind of clutching his straws about Mourinho in a way, saying like, right, OK, well, they're not doing well. Why is, why is that? But I always think there's an, there's, a, there's an extra issue, Marshall. I always felt that, like a, like yeah. a, like a, in in the dressing room kind of thing, whether he's just got one of those attitude problems. Obviously, Rashford's been playing a lot more, um, but again, is he good enough to play centre forward ahead of Lukaku? Probably not, especially judging from his Belgian form. I think there's just a lot going wrong at, the, at United at the minute, and when he comes on and scores a couple of goals or when he plays and scores a couple of goals, it's always going to be like, right, okay, why isn't he playing every week? Yeah, they are sort of. Um papering over cracks with the results at the moment I, I, I think um, at United um, alright let's move on to Chelsea um, I just got Chelsea played alright on Saturday they weren't at their at their best um, they, they played alright in the first half but not so well in the second half uh, but there's one question I want to ask um, we've spoken about Eden Hazard on this podcast before um, is Hazard the best player in the world at the moment Johnny uh, well, if you if you're looking if you're judging it from just current form, like the last sort of five ten games, then probably yeah. Real Madrid have obviously not hit the ground running at all this season. Ronaldo's had a bit of a slow start. Messi, I mean, Messi's still scoring goals, but I think it's kind of like more an expectation of him now to score a goal again. Yeah. Um, and Hazard's been pinnacle in Chelsea's unbeaten run, so arguably yes. But I think like this new system is helping him a lot. I think there's a lot of unsung heroes in that Chelsea team. I think that the whole Jorginho debate that you guys had, I think his his inclusion in the team is like a deep playmaker, almost like a Perlo type. Yeah. I think that's brought the best out of Kante. And also, I, I think Kovacic is a really good sign. I know you, you guys described him as workmanlike, but I think he's a lot more than that. I think he's good on the ball. He's got a, he's got skill. He's a good dribbler. Mm-hmm. And he's got a good relationship with Hazard as well. So I think that him and Barkley like alternating. Um, it just it just gives Hazard that like extra freedom, doesn't it? As well, to just like do what he needs to do and basically play the free role. So that new system's definitely helping him. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah, just to answer your question, I think he's definitely on uh, at the moment. I mean, if you're just including like, well, I mean, either I, would you say Alcacer from Dortmund is probably another one that you would include on form as one yeah. of the best in Europe at the minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely definitely if not one, he's definitely in the top one or two. Yeah, Josh. Um, it's quite an odd system Chelsea play, isn't it? Because uh, traditionally teams play with a number ten, but they don't really have have that. Like Johnny said, they have Jorginho in the deep lying sort of role. Yeah. Um, 
There was an interesting debate going on on uh, Football Daily that I was listening to, and they were thinking how much better would Hazard be if he had a, a centre forward playing who's like banging in the goals. Yeah. So how much better could he get as well? <coughs> uh, I well, think. I just think. Like, sorry to cut in there. I just think that. That's another unsung hero that's in the Chelsea team, Giroud. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen how well him and Hazard have been playing together, linking up, but I mean, he's the kind of player that, more so than a goal scoring centre forward, because, you I mean, like Morata's more of like, a, he's less of a team player, Morata. And I mm-hmm. think when Giroud's in the team, linking up with Hazard, like making the space from creating the runs, doing the little flicks around the corner, looking for him. That's that's actually playing more to hazard strength than like a goal scoring centre forward yeah. be in my opinion. I definitely agree. Um, on on Saturday in the build up to the game, um, they were talking about because obviously Morata came in on and started on Saturday. Um, they were talking about Giroud's role and Jamie Redknapp was was raving about um, Morata. I mean, we've, we've we've spoken about Sky pundits on this podcast before. They're all they're all tools, um, but um, Graham Souness basically slated Giroud. Basically said he didn't deserve to be a World Cup winner. Um, like strikers are there to score goals. Um, didn't appreciate like the role that he's playing at the moment in uh, in this Chelsea team. I I think he's. I I mean I've always rated Giroud. I think both of you will vouch for that. Like even when he was at Arsenal, I I, I still think he was one of the, probably like one of the best strikers in the league. Even though he wasn't playing like regularly, uh, he would always chip in with important goals, good goals as well. Um, but the role he's playing at Chelsea is like he is he is playing football. I don't think Morata can can necessarily play that role as well as as Giroud can. He's not a twenty goals a season man, is he? No, he never but has that, been. But that's, though. that's not his that's not his role. Yeah. I feel Chelsea are playing fairly similar to how France set up in the World Cup. Yeah. Like they're sort of built around him, but his job isn't to score goals. His job is to bring Hazard, Willian, Kovacic into the game. Yeah, it's to like link up the play. You say that, but he was the top scorer in qualifying. People forget that, and he did score double figures for Arsenal quite consistently. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think like I mean, soon oh, we're, not, we're uh, not saying he doesn't score goals. We're yeah, just saying yeah. he, he, like there's more to his game than just scoring goals. I think I think like, he's I don't I don't know a better player that does what he does in world football at the moment. I mean, no. that might sound like a bold statement, but if you look at back to his Arsenal days, even some of the best goals Arsenal have scored, that like that Wilshire goal against Norwich a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, he was ago, key. I mean, that was just insane football. It was like FIFA football, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Ticky tack, I like it at its best. And yeah, I think when France started the World Cup, they were struggling in the first game. They brought him on, and he, he never, I think he played every minute after that. And I think that just shows how important he is to like the flair players. But he's got ability as well. And yeah, I mean, I think it, it was just one of those unfortunate things where he didn't actually score in the World Cup because I think. He probably deserved at least a couple. Yeah, I mean, he hit the bar um, and hit to, the post a couple of times, I think. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And he was kind of, people look at that and think, right, okay, well, what was he doing in the team? It's kind of like when France won it in 98 and Stefan Givarch was up front and like he never contributed anything seemingly. But, I mean, there's 11 men on the pitch and the strikers were on the most important positions, so he must have done something right. Yeah, exactly. And you'd he's ra- staying in the team. You'd rather have the uh, the winner's medal than the golden boot, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's Harry Kane going to do with that? Yeah, it's football. the only trophy he's won so far. Then. Someone will probably <laughs> steal it. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. We've talked about strikers a lot with Chelsea. Uh, we're going to talk about a team now that has no strikers, uh, or seemingly uh, Newcastle played Brighton on oh, Saturday. Gosh. I'm going in early with this. I'm going to. I'm yeah. going to be peaking early now. No, I, I think we. What we need to do is we need to get it in early so I can get over it by the time I drive home, so I don't drive yeah. into the Mersey. Um, <laughs> We lost 1-0, Brighton, Brighton won 1-0. Um, Newcastle are the only 
Uh, only the fourth team to lose the opening five home games. Who are the other teams? Swindon Town? Nope. How many other teams were there? Three. Derby? Nope. Hmm? Sunderland? Nope. Bradford? No. Huddersfield? No. Do you want me to tell you? All right, just tell us. Yeah, this is riveting. Manchester United? When was that? Uh, I haven't got years, sorry. I'm not That must have been a while ago. Yeah. Uh, Bolton? Classic. And Portsmouth? (laughs) Portsmouth Ah. was in 2010, 2011, I think. Um, Right. There's been a big debate going on. I just want to talk pre-game before we go before we get into the actual game itself. Um, there was a lot of talk uh, last week about um, wrongly, in my opinion, about Benitez getting sacked, and one of the potential new managers that was talked about was Brendan Rodgers. Um, I just as as a Newcastle fan, um, Johnny, like, how would you feel if Brendan Rodgers was replace Rafa well I'd never heard that rumour so it's like this is me real reaction to that Um, I think well (laughs) there's there's this this phrase amongst like people in football who say if Brendan Rodgers was chocolate he'd eat himself he he thinks he's like amazing he thinks he's like this genius um, manager and like this maybe like the the second coming of Guardiola or something like that (laughs) I don't think that's the kind of person that Newcastle need right now and Although I've been critical in the past, and I mean, mates will vouch for that, like w- about Rafa in the transfer market, especially at Liverpool. I thought yeah. he made some really bizarre choices and transfers, like Aquilani and people like that. Yeah, you said he this had, to like, me before. He wanted to bring in Gareth Barry to replace Xabi Alonso and just weird stuff like that. He almost ruined the team by the time he left. Um, and I don't think he's actually improved our team in the transfer market, although you could argue. He's not been given the money to, but I think you know Mitrovic and Gale out for Rondon and Muto was like like for like. It just seems like a waste of business to me. Um, I just want to. I, I just, think I just well, one thing that Newcastle have got going for them at the minute is which they haven't had for as long as I've been a fan, even under like Keegan and Bobby Robson, when we're actually half decent. Is we're actually pretty solid at the back and pretty yeah. organised. I think last season we had like we're the seventh best defence in the league and we're above Arsenal. So, you know, I think that in itself is, is much required at the minute, given that we've got strikers who can't score yeah, goals. Definitely. Uh just a, just I think I agree with pretty much everything that you've said. Um I I as well have questioned some of the things that Rafa's done in the transfer window. Not not as not as critical as you, but um some of the I mean he has got his hands tied um by strict transfer budgets and whatever else. Um but on the on the Mutu on the Muto um, Rondon Mitrovic Gale, I hear this debate a lot. Um, what I will say is that Rafa is not going to change the way that he plays to accommodate a player like Mitrovic. Um, well, what I don't even know what kind of player Mitrovic is. I mean, you've talked about him a lot, and like I don't want this to come across like I'm his biggest fan because I'm certainly not. I think actually was the one who started calling him Shitrovic in the first yeah, place. Were, but yeah. um, ultimately, like. Rondon is what he is. He's a big lump target man. That's all. Yeah. Like that's all he'll ever be. He's not. He's not. He doesn't get double figures. I don't even think he's scored double figures for West Brom ever, and uh, definitely not in the league. Um, and yeah, Mitrovic doesn't. He's, he's kind of like a, he's trying to be everything. Like I, I remember, even in the championship, he struggled physically. Yeah. He was. He's not like a target man, but he's not quick enough to be like a like run the channels or, or bring. He's not got a good touch to bring. I don't actually know what kind of centre forward he is. And it took like I remember. It took Shula Ramiobi a while, actually. Like, and I had to, it's, it's 
quite an insult to like compare him to Shola, but yeah, an insult to Shola. <laughs> yeah, I mean. insult to Shola. But, um, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah. Mackham Slayer. Yeah, yeah. He played Mackham for Bolton Slayer, as well. Yeah, I would kill Bolton for him right now. I, I, I defy any Newcastle fan to tell me he wouldn't want Shola back. Like, Shola at 28, 28 29, 30 now, because yeah. he'd walk into our team at the moment. But anyway, yeah, like, it took him a while to work out, like, that he was just, he was better as a target man and just holding the ball up and not trying all the stupid step overs and going out wide and trying to skim players. Like, I feel like Mitrovic is still trying to work out what kind of striker he is. I know he's done all right for Fulham, mm-hmm. but for us, even in the championship, he was just, he was dire. He didn't deserve his place. Yeah. And, and, and Perez was the same in the championship, to be fair. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, mean, I totally agree. And I would say that um, for me, when I found out that we were getting 25 million for Mitrovic, I was over the moon. And I, and I still am. Uh, like, I personally, I mean, I see what you're saying about Rondon. Um, I. <laughs> And I see partly what you're saying about the Gale Muto situation, but we know that Rafa wanted to keep Gale in the squad, so it's it's a difficult thing that he had to say. Okay, now I've let Mitrovic go. Do I want Gale and Muto, or do I want that other option? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Because I mean, I personally think that keeping Gale and, and not going for Rondon, given his injury record as well, I think that was probably the safer bet because. Although Gale didn't tear up any trees last season in the championship, he was scoring a goal every eighty minutes. Yeah, and, and he is. You, this you, can't, you can't do that unless you're a finisher, and that's something we don't have at the minute, as as displayed against Brighton, where we had like twenty five shots and only six on target. Yeah, well, let's get onto the game um, itself. Um, I just want to talk about the the Glenn Murray injury. Um, looked a nasty one. Um, he went down fairly heavily. Um, here he's okay. What a shame, because uh, that's good for Brighton um, we had before Murray went off uh, we had a 15, 15 minute period at the start of the game where we were we were brilliant um, do you think uh, I'll swing this one to Josh um, do you think like in terms of mentality do you think an injury like that would change the way that like a team will play if say well like their striker went off top scorer um, we were on top and then suddenly we changed the way that we were playing the mentality. Um, I think potentially because if you're if you're Brighton and you're sort of the focal point of your team's going off the person who scored most of your goals this season, you're probably thinking we're going to have to up it a little bit, like in order to maybe try and get something out of the game because it wasn't a like for like replacement that came on. Yeah. Um, so it pro- probably had a more of an effect in terms of Brighton upping their game. I mean, from watching the match of the day highlights, I know that's not like necessarily an accurate representation of the game because you yeah, only sort of, of like get the like uh, goal scoring chances. But like for me, Newcastle were the better team in that game in terms yeah. of like chances created. I think luck luck was zero. I think luck has been zero this season. To <laughs> yeah. be honest, um, that showing in the fact that for Brighton's goal, uh, ball comes off Solly March, goes out, um, assistant referee who I don't think has any eyes. Um, He's got no common sense no. because everyone started walking Yeah, I know, Solly March walked away um, and he gave a corner. Um, and I mean, I mean, I agreed with Shearer on match of the day in that we still had to defend the corner. Um, um, I think we talked about like our defence is, is really good. I mean... We, <laughs> Haven't con- bearing in mind the teams we played the season, we haven't conceded a lot of goals. Um, that was unlike us to be sloppy on the second ball like yeah, that. Though definitely. I think yeah, I don't think we do concede that many from set pieces. It's just it's normally just good football or you know a yeah. bit of bad fortune or whatever. I mean, like when you think about it, where yeah we're bottom of the league, um, we've got minus eight goal difference, which is you know it's not atrocious considering we've played. We've been to um, 
the Emirates, we've been, sorry, no, I'm being the Emirates, we've been the Etihad, uh, we've been to Old Trafford and we've played Spurs, Chelsea and Arsenal at St James's Park. It's not atrocious considering. No. There'll, be te- um, there'll be teams in the top 10 with worse than minus eight goal difference at the end of the season, probably. Uh, we'll get on to Burnley. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing. I mean, we're going to Etihad and losing by one goal. I mean, that, like you know, they were rolling teams over 6-7-0 every week. I saw um, like, a, a funny uh, tweet by, I think I mentioned it in like the second week of the podcast, by um, uh, one of those clowns on being sports. Um I can't remember his name now. What keys and great? Yeah, it uh, yeah. It was uh, Keys Richard Keys, and he tweeted being like, "I know Newcastle fans that would rather lose five four, playing like really expansive football than uh, win one nil." Have you seen like, the him lately? Fucking though? idiot! Have you seen him lately? He looks like he's been sucking on an air hose. He's, he's, <laughs> he's like, his face is like a space hopper. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he's obviously lost the plot since. The, uh, maybe it's the heat in Dubai or where he lives now. Get to him, but he, he comes out with some outrageous. Yeah, I mean, he cheat, didn't he cheat on his wife for like a, a teenager or something recently? Like, so I'm not gonna. I mean, apparently, allegedly, I don't want to get you sued. Um, <laughs> I don't give but a yeah, shit. like, I mean, I don't think, <laughs> I think he's too far removed from football to have a valid opinion. When was the last time he was at Newcastle? Yeah, exactly. When was the last time he was at an actual game in, in England? <laughs> exactly. Um, as, you, as you said before, uh, I'm just gonna get. Have you got the stats up there, Josh? Uh, uh, I might get I another bit. I mean, I think we had 26 shots on goal, something like that. Yeah, um, it was ridiculous. It was over 20, but it was like six on target or something. I mean, they, they keep out a blinder. Yeah, that, 20, that free oh, the free kick. Save was oh, 27. Yeah. 27 shots on goal. How many on target? Like six? Six. 68% possession, 10 corners. Yeah, we. there was only one team that really wanted to win that game. And um, I, watched the, I watched the second half. I listened to the first half on Radio Newcastle and then um, watched the second half. My issue with the second half, so I thought the first half, I thought we played generally pretty well. Uh, Muto missed a really good chance. Uh, you can't be uh, missing those was chances. Oh, unlucky, wasn't it? The header. Wait, yeah. wait, couldn't get over it. Yeah. Oh, bro, though, I've got, I've got a question. What did you make of Kennedy's Rabona? Oh, I thought it, go on. You was, thought, it was thought. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so like, did I. I think like, he should get discipline for that like, because you, you're, you, you're up against it. You're 1-0 down at home against a relegation rival and you try and stuff like that. That's just like, it shows a lack of care. Well, the, what I was going to get, that happened in the second half um, and what I thought was in the second half, there was just a complete lack of um, being an actual footballer. Um, Hosselu came on. Now, I, I think the, the, the criticism towards Hosselu is out of order. Some of it is, is horrendous. Um, bearing in mind, he scored two pretty good goals this season. We bought him for £5 million from Stoke, right? He's not going to be a world-beater. He knows he's not a world-beater, but he does the job that Rafa wants him to do. There's a reason he's in the team, okay? However, what he did on Saturday when he came on and then he just had a shot from, like, 30 yards or something and it went and hit the corner flag, that is not on. Like, that just shows, like you say, it's a lack of care. And, like, Kennedy did the same. I think, personally, the players, like, down tools in the second half... It did look like the um, they the hadn't be, like the, the, the troops hadn't been rallied at all, and like I think you're looking at your captain on the pitch there to say like, come on lads, what the hell's going on? <coughs> like, get your head in the game. We're only one nil down. Like, even a point, it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. it gets it gets us it gets some points on the board. We only got two anyway. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I know bro. what you mean. I think the fans are a bit. It's not Hoshlu's fault. He's he, again, he is what he is. He, 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 he was signed as a squad player. Yeah, exactly. And he ultimately, he's been like our best striker just by default um, it's not his fault he's been put in that position I understand 
understand that like, he's gonna he's gonna do things like that though because he's not he's not he's not a good player. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. he's he's not a good player. He's gonna do things like he's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna shoot and it's gonna hit the corner flag and all that. Uh, I think this is a, like a wider problem though, and I think maybe maybe the Newcastle's display in the second half was more a reflection on the supporters' negativity at the minute, and I think yeah. that. You know, I don't want to have a rant about Mike Ashley because it's all been said. Everyone knows what's going on at the minute. But I think Newcastle fans aren't helping matters at the minute. I mean, ultimately, what do you want? I think we want the same thing as Ashley. I think we'll, we'll, we both want the, the club to be sold. But how can you sell a club without a buyer? And at the minute, if I'm a buyer, especially if I'm a successful self-made businessman, and I'm looking, I'm, I, I've probably got respect for Mike Ashley because he's done the same. You know, he's, he's a good businessman. But... I'm looking at this and thinking, Jesus, this, these fans are horrible. Like the the protests outside the ground about him. This guy was put all his money in the club. Like, yeah, he, he, he might not have spent as much as they want, but who were they to tell him how to spend his money and all that? Like, they're actually probably putting off buyers by doing that. I think Newcastle yeah. fans should go back to the old school and just get behind the players. Yeah, they're not the players that we want. We probably should be doing better in the transfer market and all that and all the other arguments. And yeah, he's lied to uh, he's lied to everyone basically, and it's kind of he's kind of shot himself in the foot by doing all these public uh, appearances and, and making claims like I'm going to yeah, give Rafa all the money generated. Like basically, all that stuff now is, is only in the media because it's in the public. Whereas before it was in the it was like in the courts with Keegan, and that's been happening for like ten years. Yeah, where Keegan was lied to about right, okay, we'll sell Milner, but we'll give you Schweinsteiger. Like that stuff's been going on since he's been in charge. It's just now public knowledge. Yeah, and I, but, I think you're. I think like on, on that point, it's like on on the on the fans. I think we're in a quite a small minority that is now that is saying, "Oh, we need to just get behind the team in the uh, on the pitch and and not do the protest." Because I I get okay that maybe like the protest might help to some extent, but. At the end of the day, like the club is not being sold. We've protested before; it hasn't been sold. Um, like no but matter what, how what much we protest, expecting? no one's coming in to buy the club. So what, what are they expecting the protests are going to achieve, though? Because ultimately, they're just damaging the club. That, that we we all want Ashley to sell up his Newcastle fans. He wants to sell up. He's made no secret of that. That's why he's hardly investing anything. He's, he's basically scraping by, and he's thinking, right, okay, if I can get away with. Making twenty million net profit in the transfer market every week, every every year, and staying in the division, I'm going to do that because yeah. he doesn't want to put money into a club because he's not going to be here in five, ten years' time, hopefully. So, like, help him sell the club. Like, like, like we want the same thing. Well, Get I think behind that, the team, make it look more like a, a worthwhile investment to someone. That was that just was a, proven. A, a negativity cesspool. When Stavely was in the ground, the support was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I remember. Um, I think I was at a game maybe a couple of weeks after that Stavely appearance and uh, bloody hell, the atmosphere was quality. We thought we were getting taken over. That's the sort of environment that we need to make. Not, yeah. I, I think you're right. After that first 15 minutes on Saturday, some of the, I, like you could hear it. You could hear it. And yeah. I, I hear Just, there was a, I was listening to um, one of the podcasts that I listened to. They were saying that um, Shel- basically whenever Shelby passed backwards to like restart the attack, Someone was like groaning in the crowd, and and Wait, Shelby what, what, what at one point like turned around. Shelby at one point like turned around and was like, "Shut up!" Like, what? What? What is that? <laughs> that is just so negative. And it, I don't it understand me. why people like Newcastle fans who, I mean, the fifty-year-old blokes in the crowd saying like, "What are you doing, passing back?" Like, have you not seen Barcelona play, mate? Have you not seen Busquets? You know what I mean? Does he always pass the ball forward? No. How can you score without the ball? Would you rather you kicked it long and went out of play? 
I you know, know I mean, like people it. like that are stupidity, just stupidity, man, cross stupidity. But it's that mindset I think that Newcastle fans are in at the moment. Like, it it needs a. It's almost like the onus is on the team to get the first goal, and if they don't get the first goal, after you know twenty minutes, half an hour, that that negativity starts creeping yeah. in, and it's like they can't do anything right. And I, I would Definitely. hate to play at St James's Park in the minute, mind. So would I. So would I, and I, I'm. Uh... I think I, I am kind of worried for the next time that I go to a game because even though we don't get I don't get to go very often anymore, um, I, I worry that it's not going to be the same. I remember going the season that we the season after we finished fifth, uh, and even though it was under Pardew, um, some of the atmospheres were amazing. I remember going to that the Chelsea game, um, probably the best game I've ever been to in terms of atmosphere uh, in the January I think the January we signed like Sissoko and, and all those guys um, the atmosphere was amazing I know I'm going to go back and it's going to be like a negative a negative place to be and was that sad. the last time you were at the ground was it? Was no no last time I was at the ground um, was just after Stavely I think just after the Stavely interest so end yeah, of last so there's season. still a bit of hope then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm going I'm going uh, is it next weekend? Watford at home is it next weekend. Uh, weekend I after Southampton. So. South weekend after, next right? Weekend, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. I I don't anticipate the atmosphere being particularly. The last time I was there, it was a bit flat, and like like I said, it's almost like the fans are waiting for the team. And what are you there for, mate? You're there to support yeah, exactly. your team, get behind them. Like and and you know the away fans. <laughs> And always give it the big and saying, you know, this is a library, you, you, you know, you, you shit support and all this. Yeah. But I think at the minute it applies. Like, and Newcastle fans might not want to hear it, but you're not helping things. You want this club to be sold, so help make it a, a you know, a viable asset for someone to buy. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, that's enough of uh, Newcastle ranting. Uh, Brighton um, was shit. Um, I've got a fact for you about Glenn Murray. Go on. He's the highest scoring person in his age category. I think it's like. Uh, 30s and overs or maybe like 32s and overs yeah. who plays centre forward in Europe's top five leagues really He's outscoring Ronaldo wow well he is he is a good player and um, he, he does a job do we know how long he's out for um, no not yet well I've not seen um, well they play Wolves next Saturday um, I just we're just going to briefly go over these um, quick prediction Who's at home? Brighton. Uh, mm, there'll be a Wolves reaction after their loss at the weekend. I see Wolves winning that. Okay, Johnny? Yeah, I think there will be a reaction because that, that, that was woeful defending all game by horrendous. Wolves. It was just, they were, they were just as full of holes like Swiss cheese. Uh, yeah. I reckon <laughs> uh, probably a draw, to be fair. Um, yeah. Brighton are on a bit of a roll now. That was a good away win. The tails will be up. Yeah. So First win in, uh, I think it was 17 away games. First win in 17. Uh, it would be against us, right? It's like Alexis yeah. Sanchez, first goal of the season, Brighton, first win, away win at 17 games. It's always against us, isn't it? Yeah, classic. Um, Newcastle play Southampton on Saturday. Um, oh, oh, wait there, sorry. I think that it will be a score draw on Saturday between Brighton and Wolves. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle. Um, Johnny, you take this first. Quick prediction. Um, yeah, I think, uh, although it was a nil-nil, I know you're probably going to go through the game, but I think, Southampton are creating good chances. I, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet there, especially being away. Um, but then, can I say a scoring? I mean, we could scrape a one-one, I guess. Okay. Josh, hard to argue with that logic. Um, similar, I think. Yeah, it, yeah draw. 
Uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna have a bit of faith. I'm gonna go for a. You said that every week. I know I have. Four nil against Man City. Uh, no, uh, I think I'm gonna go for a one nil away win. All right, let's move on. Um, Cardiff versus Fulham. It finished 4-2 to Cardiff. Um, it's the first time Cardiff have scored four goals in the top flight since September 1961. Who did they beat? It wasn't Bolton. Are you asking right? me? Because I'm the oldest. Yeah, I'm asking you now, Johnny. Um, top flight in the 60s. Yeah. I don't know, Stoke? No. Josh? Hopefully not Bolton. It wasn't Bolton. It was Chelsea. Oh. They beat them 5-2. Um I just want to talk about uh, Fulham's defence. Um, they've conceded the second most Premier League goals uh, at this point of the stadium ever. Um, Southampton conceded the most in 2012-2013 with 26. Uh, Bull, uh, Sheffield Wednesday in 99-2000 with 24, joint with Bolton in 2011-2012, who also conceded 24. Um just like to point out, we played the top eight in the first nine yeah. games. Oh, okay. That'll be why. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do they turn this around, Johnny? Well, they need to stop being so expansive. I think they got away with it in the championship. Um, and I think that's probably why Mitrovic has been scoring so many goals, to be fair, because he's getting chances. But they're just, just again, it was like amateur football defensively. Mm-hmm. That, that, that Cardiff fourth goal, I mean, they, they messed it up two or three times before they actually got the ball in for the goal. Yeah, and, and it was and like, also how was that the, allowed to happen? The, the set piece, which was the best and worst set oh, piece God. I've ever seen. <laughs> God, the, the, the Fulham players were, were running forward as if they had gone out for a goal kick. And yeah. it, I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I'd, it, did, it was a Callum Chambers playing at right back. I just think like, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether they've got enough depth defensively, yeah. like to even, to even. I, I mean, like it's it's one of those though. You look at Newcastle's defense on paper; it's now special. You just need to organize yourself and not be as open. Mm-hmm. I think Fulham need to just tighten up. They need to probably adapt the way they're playing a bit because yeah, they're they're entertaining, they're scoring goals, but they're conceding far too many. And then the end. You've seen it happen with, I mean, you, again, your pro are probably too young for this, but I remember Tony Mowbray's West Brom team. Um, they played some brilliant football, but they, they ended up finished bottom because they just they were losing like 4-3 every I week. I remember that. It, it, just can't, it just can't happen in the Premier League. You need to keep the goals out. And ultimately, even if they finish level on points with like 17, they could go down a goal difference anyway, so they need to stop it. They're yeah. uh, the first on. team in Premier League history to not keep a clean sheet in their first nine games. Wow. Um, you mentioned... Uh, Callum Chambers there. Um, should he have had a red card, Josh? Uh, tackle on Josh Murphy. Yeah, yeah, it was the one that wasn't even a foul was given for. No, I think he got a yellow card for it, and they got a free kick. But yeah, I'm, he was... I'm thinking of a different game. Yeah, no, I seem to remember that it uh, should have been a red. Yeah. What did he do? I, I didn't see that. So um, I think the ball was played over the top, and Chambers. Oh basically yeah, yeah, just yeah. He just took him chuck, out, chucked him to the floor, He's basically. Chucked just him to the floor. WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, I remember which one it was that. There were quite a few incidents like that over the weekend. Yeah, well, there was. Back in back in the old days, I show me age now, but that would have been a professional foul red card. Like, if if you want to... I mean, if you take someone out deliberately with no intent yeah. of getting the ball, that, that used to be a professional foul red I, card. I, I thought it was so. a red card. I've never agreed with um, Neil Warnock before, um, so this is a first, but I thought it was a red card as well. Was it one yeah. of you that was saying he looks like... Um, 
Warwick Davis uh, as the professor in Harry Potter. I can't remember. He looks like um, um, uh, and one of the Gringotts elves. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. He definitely does. He's, he's a freaky yeah, looking thing. He? Yeah, he's he's ugly bastards. Um, Ryan Sessegnon was the first player born in the 2000s to score in the Premier League. He's still on one Saturday. of my facts. Oh, oh what's facts. it like to feel old now, boys? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Fucking I know that made me feel so old, and uh, yeah, Jaden Sancho. Yeah, I feel like Sancho, I'm the 90s kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we are 90s kids, so that's all right. Um, he um, got caught. He played. You said a couple of weeks ago when they played Arsenal, um, or the, the weeks going up to that, that they were playing five at the back, Josh, and that um, and that they should revert back to that five at the back. Cesson Young played up the left-hand side, I think, on that game. Uh, or maybe Christie played on the left and Cesson Young played in front of him. Mm-hmm. Where is Cesson Young's best position? Because I've always thought of him as a as a full-back or a left-back. And when I've seen Fulham play, he's sort of been a little bit further back, maybe in that wing-back yeah, role. Yeah, he scored 15 goals in the Championship last year playing at wing-back. Um, he tends to play on the left of midfield for the England under-21s. So he's quite a versatile sort of left-sided player. Okay. Uh, when I said they should go back to five at the back, I didn't mean play like three-four-three three and be incredibly oh, open yeah, against yeah, yeah, yeah. against Arsenal. I just assumed that they'd played five-three-two, but yeah. obviously that was wrong. <laughs> um, Todd, he's still quite young, isn't he? So he might not even know where sort of his be- better position is. I think in a more sort of secure defence, he'd be a great fullback. Yeah, but he's got an eye for goal as well. I mean. It's Good finish. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think, Johnny? What do you think about Sessegnon? I think um, if, if if someone at 18 scoring that many goals, even at the championship level, then he should be one of the front three, personally. I think that's how he should develop him. Um, you know, I don't think Raheem Sterling and people like that, I don't think that they would have ever been considered to be playing as fullback. I know he's done it as a wing-back, but I think if you're scoring that many goals, it's a bit of a waste. I've always felt like that about Patrick Van Arnholt, to be fair. I always feel like he could have done the whole Gareth Bale thing of moving from left back to a, like a front three because yeah. he's, he's he's like a good finisher. Um, but I think especially for England's sake, we need players like him who are quick and dynamic. Well, I I was I was just about to say you mentioned Bale there. He, he he's probably the the person that reminds me the most of Gareth Bale uh, at this moment in time mm-hmm. in terms of um, he's got he's not as big and strong as Gareth Bale, but in terms of like. He's quick. Um, he can finish. Uh, he's he's positioning like he can read the game fairly well. He goes well. past players as well. Doesn't yeah, he? exactly. And he's not scared to like run at teams. So I think he. I agree with you, Johnny and, and Josh, that he just needs to be pushed further forward. Um, and it's time to grow, though. And I think like you know, Fulham aren't going to be tearing up any trees this year. They just need to sort themselves out defensively. But I think. You know, give him like a full season in the Premier League as like a, an inside forward, whether it's on the left or the right, and he's going to turn into a player who's bound to. He's only 18, isn't he? Or 19? Yeah. Do you think Fulham will go down, Johnny? Do I think we'll go down? It's difficult because like they've got like really good attacking players. I say that. They've got Mick Rich up front, but Shirla, Sessignon, like, I mean, to be fair, they're probably too good for Fulham, both of them. I'm really surprised Shirla went there, to be fair. I think. He could have got a better team. Yeah. I mean, he probably just wanted to come back to England, but um, it's defensively they need to sort themselves out. And maybe it's something that Josh touched on, like like you say a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about the system change. Change. Maybe it's something to do with that. Um, maybe the fullbacks aren't disciplined enough or something. I don't know, but they just look like they've got no idea what they're doing defensively. Like I caught a fourth goal, and I keep banging on about it, but 
Christ, man, that was like, you know, when you you you, you concede, like you're playing amateur football, like with your mates or whatever, five aside, and you've conceded the fact that they're going to score, like, and you've just stopped tracking back and stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's going to be a goal, and just waiting for it ultimately to go in. That was what it was like. I couldn't believe what I was watching. So they need to just be more disciplined. Uh, that probably comes from the manager. Yeah. Um, they could. Uh, yeah, I could see them going down, but I think it would be on something like goal difference, like I said before. Yeah. Because they're not the worst. They're not the worst team in the league. I don't think at the minute. They've uh, not really got like a defensive leader. They're all quite young at the back, aren't they? Chambers, Mawson. Mm. They're not like established sort of Premier League centre halves. Yeah, it's true. Uh, well, they play. Um, they play Bournemouth on Saturday. Um, before we do some score predictions we'll talk about the Bournemouth Southampton game um, finish nil nil. right that's it yeah there we go um, it was a really even game both teams created chances I haven't really got a lot to say on this because it was fairly shit like nothing happened really Josh King had a mare I, I mean we were rumoured to be signing him I say we as in Newcastle um, but, I really and, like Josh like King a swap you know? with Matt Ritchie apparently a swap with Matt Ritchie going back to Bournemouth and I was like mm, I don't know about that and he had an absolute mare yesterday like was it yesterday no uh, Saturday what day? Yeah. Yeah. well what yeah what day is this going out today Tuesday alright okay yeah Saturday yeah um, yeah I, I, I like Colin Wilson as well I just think he's a bit hot and cold so yeah we we like Colin Wilson I think on this pod um I like Callum Wilson anyway. Um, we think he should be getting. He's a form an player and he's a confidence player. Yeah, I think he should. I think he deserves a chance in the England team personally. Um, I, but I really like Josh King as well. Um, the least Norwegian name ever. Um, I really like him. Uh, but as you say, I think Bournemouth are one of those teams where they can easily just drop, drop points uh, like they did on on Saturday. The team, a, a game that arguably you would say that they probably should have been winning with the form that Southampton are in. Um, and they've probably dropped two points, I would say, because they had chances. Both teams had chances. Um, have you got any stats on this game, Josh? Uh, or was it just no. so shit? Yeah. Um, Apart from Mark Hughes is a clown. Yeah, Mark Hughes at all. Uh, yeah. Hey, when, so, you, when you get, uh, get uh, that jingle sorted, that I suggested after week one, where you, every time you mention someone's a clown, you have like a little. I thought it was a good show. Well, maybe we'll just maybe I'll just cut that that you've just sang there. And uh, we'll play that every time. Um, <laughs> I'll be on every podcast. And I want my uh, royalties for that. Clown what, of the week. Royalties. That should be a little feature. Yeah. Um, all right. Fulham play Bournemouth on Saturday. Uh, predictions, boys. Johnny first. Sorry, what is it? Fulham Bournemouth. Where is it? Craven Cottage. Uh, yeah? Craven Cottage. Yeah. I reckon it'll be something ridiculous, like three-three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bold. Score draw. Uh, I'm gonna go. Fulham win Mitrovic hat-trick no I'm joking um, alright yeah Fulham win Manchester City versus Burnley finish 5-0 to uh, Manchester City um, we'll start right at the start of the game should Vincent Company have had a red card yes yes 100% Johnny yeah probably alright let's as move on as much as I love him as much as I love him um I know you you had that Van Dyke versus Company debate didn't you last was it last week or the week before a couple of weeks ago um, yeah, yeah I, I love them both I, I think both of them would arguably get in a Premier League all time eleven especially at the minute but yeah, uh, yeah unfortunately um, yeah I think it was a red as well have you seen the like slow mo where it like stops where he actually makes contact yeah, with it's him grim, isn't it? yeah and apparently Lennon's had to have like stitches in it half time yeah what's happening with VAR like or what, VAR whatever the 
kids are calling it these days? Like, what, what's actually happening with it? Is it, is it still getting trialled or...? So, um, from what I understand, from what I've been told... Uh, from your sources? From my sources, yeah, my soccer sources. Um, <laughs> what, what I've been told is that... Um, that it was trialled in all of the three o'clock kickoffs uh, after the last international break, um, but it didn't affect any of the outcomes on the game. How can you trial something and not use it? So um, basically they've filmed it and watched it in a room? Yeah, essentially there's, they've paid some people to sit in a room and watch the TV. Yeah, um, so I was basically sitting in on the VAR um, testing as well because I was just watching it on the telly. Yeah, home, so, exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, seeing all the replays and deciding whether it was a foul or not. Yeah, exactly. Because ultimately the ref's got the final decision, hasn't he? So yeah. like, if you're trialling something, he kind of has to be involved, you would exactly. think. Um, it's like cutting out the main person. Um, <laughs> but as, as far as I know, they haven't tested it again. Um, I know it's going into the Champions League from next season. There was talk about um, VAR coming into the Premier League in January, um, but I don't think that's looking too likely. And in my opinion, if it um, if it is to come in, it needs to come in at the start of next season because I think, and I mean, obviously I have a little bit biased towards this because I feel like if VAR had been in the first couple of games, we wouldn't Newcastle wouldn't be sat bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have won three 0 against Man United, and we would have uh, won against uh, Brighton. Uh, but as far as I know, there's no plans for it to come in this season. Um, I think it's in the FA Cup and it's in the Carabao. But apart from that, um, I don't think we'll see it in any other competition. Like, what's your thoughts? I know you've spoken about it briefly, but do you like it? Because I thought in the World Cup it really added mm-hmm. games that were shit. It. So like. The Portugal what was a Portugal against us was it Algeria not Algeria was it the like one that. where the penalty it was Iran. like a 50 yeah, 50 penalty it was Iran yeah. Portugal, Iran, Portugal, Iran. Iran Portugal wasn't it yeah where whoever won went through basically and it was a dross one as uh, it was nil nil and then they had that penalty at the end I thought it just made like a shit game really entertaining imagine like because like Bournemouth Southampton yesterday if you had a VAR drama that everyone looks at that as yeah. like a completely different game in terms of entertainment after that yeah I absolutely love VAR um, I think. It it stops me from feeling as frustrated after a game watching it and saying, okay, well, yeah, it was offside or um, that was a corner and so that decision got reversed. Um, where I think that it's not so good is for the fans in the ground. Um, I've seen, I've said before, like I haven't been in a ground where they've used VAR, um, but what from what I hear, it's. Um, the fans aren't really taken into consideration. You don't really know mm-hmm. what's going on. And we've spoken about this on the podcast before and that in cricket, but there's no one there. Uh, it's like shown on the big screen. And you can hear you can hear the bloke like talking through his decision. Yeah. Um I think yeah, that and they're be... all pissed off their faces anyway. They've got don't even know what day it is and <laughs> yeah, they don't match their There's nothing else to do to be fair. The <laughs> irony of you saying you did they don't even know what day it is. Um, uh, yeah, that is irony. <laughs> I cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I really like VAR and um, I think there would have been a couple of decisions in this Man City game which would have, uh, especially the, for the second Manchester City goal, uh, it looked like John Moss was going to blow his whistle for the penalty and he decided that it wasn't a penalty and then the ball went out of play and then Bernardo Silva scored. The, uh, you know, the, li- the linesman apologised to Joe Hart because the linesman wasn't actually watching the ball. Oh, really? Joe Hart said in his post-match interview, yeah, the linesman's apologised for not being on the ball. So that to me says no one actually knows if the ball was in or out. Yeah, apart from David Silva. Well, that, but 
added everyone... to that, they didn't even know that there was the possibility that the ball had gone it's out. Crazy, isn't it? Which, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we've all been there in like an like, like an amateur game, haven't we? Where like yeah. the most ridiculous decision has just like affected a goal or something. But yeah. I think uh, that was the one and only time I felt sorry for Joe Hart was after Saturday's game because it was I. Uh, they were all goals that he could do nothing about or that like shouldn't have happened. Well, I was going to say Burnley have. Are having problems at the back this season. Um, not entirely sure how many goals they've conceded. Um, well, they were so tight last season. They only conceded thirty-nine goals all season. That was like in the top six. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, they've gone. You're right. I mean, this is the Joe Hart effect, isn't it? Yeah, actually, <laughs> must is. be. Uh, well, like, he's, I know what you're he's saying. saved I, the most. Uh, I think he's got the most saves out of any goalkeeper in the whole league. Shows he's the most active and most exposed. Then, yeah. Um, uh, I've I'll always... be shooting from I'll be shooting from twenty five yards out if Joe Hart was in goal. Yeah. To be fair, like I mean, I, I think he gets unnecessary flack, but like he has gone proper downhill, and I think he's been the victim of his own ego. Yeah, because I think when when Guardiola came in, he was a bit too big for his boots, and that's what ended up. And he ended up stopping progressing. He could yeah. he could have gone on to be like City's number one for another five, six, seven years, but um, you could hear it in interviews and that. He just it was almost like he was he thought he was better than he was. Yeah. I saw an interview with him recently on, I think it was on BT or something like that. Um, he seemed to have really like have humbled. Uh, I think I've spoken about my, I, I don't really rate Joe Hart that much. I think he's had a fairly good season so far, um, but he's just sat behind a, a fairly um, a fairly leaky defence, um, and that that showed on Saturday. Um, there was another. When Sean Dyche going to leave? Because he need he's peaked like finishing finishing seventh with Burnley last season. That was his peak, <laughs> wasn't it? Like he's not. It's not going to get any better than that for him. He should have just been like, right, lads, I'm off. Like Kirbishly, Kirbishly like got chalked in the ninth or something, and he was like, right, lads, I'm off because this is as good as it's going to get. And yeah. it only enhances reputation by leaving. So what's next? I mean, I know he's got them into Europe, but I mean, how oh, it's the Europa League? Who gives a shit about that? And also, they were fucking awful. They were awful. In the Europa League, <laughs> awful. Yeah. Um, they, right, let's. Uh, there was another challenge in the game. It was from Leroy Sane on. Uh, I think it was Matt Lawton, who's the right back for Burnley. Um, he just uh, absolutely needless, silly challenge. Um, do we think? Obviously, he went down in the penalty area, and the ref said no. Is that a dive? Oh, have you seen Have you seen Sean Dyke's post-match interview on Match of the Day? No. He said to the reporter... Do your impression as well. I, I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> I'm not even going to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> I probably sound more like Jigsaw or something. But uh, <laughs> Sean Dyke's just there like, uh, oh yeah, Zane's gone down when our defender's just like like clipped his shirt. Oh, just let me have it. Oh, no, no, you didn't fall down. Yeah. Look, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, do you think that it should have been a yellow card from going down in the area? Are you talking to me? Any of you? Well, given Josh? the fact that they played on, uh, I think because they've played on and then the goal's gone in, I think the refs probably just like not really thought about it. Uh, I think maybe the fact that he was because he was going to give a penalty and then didn't. Maybe he thought there was contact, but not sufficient enough mm-hmm. for it to be a penalty. Uh, difficult one. I thought um, if Loughton stays down when he makes that challenge, he potentially is getting a, at least a yet. Did he get booked? Uh, I don't think he did. No, but if Loughton stay, if Loughton stays down, like, but he he jumps straight, absolute meathead, just jumps <laughs> straight back up. <laughs> yeah, it's like in his in his grill. Um, I I thought um, I thought Sane probably shouldn't have been on the pitch. Um, maybe even after that challenge, if he hadn't got a yellow card. Um, 
I think we saw something fairly similar in the not not as brutal, but in the Cardiff game last week when um, I can't remember, Joe Rawls Pierre just wiped out one of the Spurs players. I think it was Lucas uh, Moira and Moira um, Stewart. Moira Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he. Um, I, I think we saw something as cynical uh, on Saturday, and I, I, it's just a fairly needless challenge, to be honest. I think that's sort of a bit of a reflection of where probably his head's at at the moment because he's been sort of he had that um he's probably not been sleeping much actually because he's just had a his missus had a kid oh really um but he was he like he was dropped wasn't he at the start of the season like he didn't go to the world cup with germany like he's probably feeling like the world's a bit against him i mean it's not he's earning like well i'd feel aggrieved at that yeah i'd feel aggrieved at that because you've you've had that blow of not going to the world cup and then i suppose you've had redemption in the fact that they didn't get out of the group but then you come back to your club uh, after you were one of the main men last season and played out of your skin, and you've got this sixty million pound Algerian standing in front of you in the first day of the season, like in, in your place, yeah. and you thinking, eh, like, what have I done to deserve this? He's had to work his bollocks off. And I think, to be fair, at the weekend he looked like he was really trying too hard. And I got his goal at the end, but like, I don't know. I just feel like he is like putting more pressure on himself now, to, like score every game or set up. Like he was. I remember when when the, the, that, that whole Bernardo Silva goal. He wasn't happy that they'd scored. He was annoyed that he hadn't won a ten. Oh, he's broken. He's broken. So yeah, I do. Think... You broke there, Johnny. Sorry. Sorry, mate. Yeah, what did you hear? I heard that he was annoyed that the, that he hadn't won a penalty, and then it. Yeah, cut yeah. Out. So like when Bernardo when Bernardo Silva actually uh, stuck the ball in, Silva. Uh, sorry, Sani was still sitting there on the ground, like like unhappy that he hadn't won his team a penalty like I just think he's probably like I say just trying too hard to, m- to make sure that he's contributing because you know especially when Mahrez like scoring from 25 yards out I actually thought Mahrez was a weird signing for City you know because like he's quite direct and yeah. City are more like a team kind of like ticky-tacker team but maybe that's Mahrez, why maybe that's yeah. why because they needed something like that especially I would say probably in the Champions League a little bit more yeah. than the Premier League where they need to go a little bit more direct I, I thought Mahrez was, was awesome on Saturday um, bearing in mind he, he come off the back of basically I mean I think the ball is still landing from his penalty mm-hmm. um, he, he was he that was woeful but I thought he was really really good on Saturday um, but it's just I just want to move on. Um, there's another player I want to talk about uh, for Man City. I just want to ask a question, quick question. Uh, how good is Phil Foden, Josh? Uh, Guardiola again on Match of the Day. Love Match Ga- of the Day. Guardiola said, it's the first time I've watched it from start to finish in about 10 years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guardiola said, I think the quote was, every time Foden plays, he is at the highest possible level. So I think Guardiola is like a massive fan. Um, Ultimately, he's not going to get many minutes. But again, like, he came on, I think they were 3-0 up. Game set and match, like, half an hour to go, get Foden on. Actually, when you're you're 18, you're probably not ready to play week in, week out. Um, But how much benefit is he getting from not going out on loan, but training with those players? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what Johnny's view on it is, but I think he's actually better staying it because he is still getting game time whilst they're in like four, three Hello? or four competitions. Hello. Can you hear us? Can you hear me, lads? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know what happened there. I just like, like Josh finished his sentence and then I just went, <laughs> no, <it's laughs> right. uh, Yeah, I think he, he's benefited by staying there and getting 
not whole games, but like he's training around the, some of the best players in the world with the best manager in the world. Yeah. What do you What do you think about Ford and Johnny? Well, I think like in general, the the future of English football is looking pretty promising at the minute. When you've got like him, um, who's a teenager, you've got Sessegnon. We're talking about before. You've yeah. got Sancho at Dortmund now. Uh, you've Nelson. got like Rashford and Sterling, still a young kid. Yeah. So like, how oh, is he? Twenty four, twenty five now. So yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All of those like are coming through, and it's exciting that they're getting the t- the you know Europe's elite clubs. It was a shame that Sancho. He felt like he had to go to Germany. Yeah, well, oh, oh, oh dear, we've lost him for a minute. Um, but if you're not playing with players that are better than you and that you're going to learn from, what's the point? You're getting game time, but you might as well be getting game time with a Sunday league team. So I think going to a big club like Dortmund, and, and it, it'll encourage you to grow, and like Foden will be looking at Silva, both Silvers and De Bruyne and people like that and thinking like, Jesus, that's, that's where I want to be. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I think the thing with Sancho was that City offered him a contract, didn't they? But they said, this is your contract. We see you as a first-team player in two or three years. You're not going to get minutes. Yeah. And he was like, actually, I'm good enough to go and get in someone else's team. And like, to be fair, he's not been starting every week for Dortmund, but when he's been coming off the bench, he's been making an impact. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so Burnley play Chelsea on Sunday. Um, quick prediction, Johnny? Burnley Chelsea. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Turf Moor. Yeah, so I reckon uh, nil three. Whoa. Josh, uh, I think that's got. I think Burnley will be fairly. They, they'll want to prove a point, won't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go two nil Chelsea, two second half goals. Okay, uh, and I will also go for a Chelsea win, um, two nil. Let's say. All right, let's move on. We'll talk about City in a bit. Um, this is already your longest podcast. It's probably just like you're gonna have to do loads of edits to get this down to an hour. Like, no, well, I don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> you don't care. No, I don't care. We'll rattle we, through the last few games anyway. Um, we like the sound of your voice, Johnny. <coughs> yeah, so, we do. Um, Wolves versus Watford uh, finished two 0 to Watford. Um, both Watford goals came uh, in a 58 second gap, I think. Um, Watford had quite a few players missing as well. Um, we'll go over this quickly because um, I don't really give a shit about either of these teams. I listened um, to, again, it was on um Football Daily podcast. It was like summary of the weekend. They were saying about Wolves is in the championship, they'd have played that game and they wouldn't have lost. Like they've not experienced playing against a team that actually they play better than, but like just two moments of individual brilliance and they've, they're two nil down. Yeah. Um We've we've had our say on both of these teams, Johnny. What do you reckon? What teams were we talking about again? Wolves and Watford. Yeah, that's how much I care about them, isn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah Wolves. Wolves. Um, they've got they've got players in the team who can win games. They've got some talent. I, I, like they're just the rate the proper rated uh, Portugal, didn't they? For yeah, for all the the new signings. Um, I think they had more. They looked um, a bit. They had more Portuguese players in their starting eleven than uh, Benfica and Porto. I think it was. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Um but yeah, I think like sometimes the system that they play yeah, is a bit open and I think they were caught out a couple of times at the weekend. Um especially in the first half. Um so yeah, but I, I don't agree with this. What's the what's the forfeit for Watford staying up again? Or is it Mitrovic? No, it's goals Mitrovic, Mitrovic goals, I can't remember. Yeah. Right. So you're not got a forfeit for the Watford relegation, you don't fancy that anymore. Mm, no, it's not that I'm not gonna back out of my prediction. Um 
Get a Graham Taylor tattoo. Or an Elton John tattoo, because he's a Watford fan. It's a steal. Yeah, okay. Let's let's not do that. Do you not think Wolves are potentially suffering from a bit of fatigue to have named the same starting eleven for all nine games? Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Um, I don't know if you can I don't know if you can be tired at this stage of the season and they've not got like midweek games and stuff like that. I think that's a bit of a pop out to be honest with you. Maybe not fatigue, like, maybe a bit of mental freshness though. Maybe maybe they just uh, need some more Premier League experience. Yeah. And it'll it will come. It will mm-hmm. come. Uh all right then. Uh West Ham versus Spurs, finish one nil to Spurs. Um Eric Lamella has been involved in ten goals in his last nine games in all competitions for Spurs. Uh, that's seven goals and three assists. Uh, is he underrated, Johnny? Yes and no, because when he when he signed, he was meant to be like. I mean, he came from was it Roma or Fiorentina? One of the two he came from, mm-hmm. uh, and he was like, um, like the Mo Salah in, in in Serie A at the time. Like he was scoring goals for fun. And I think there was a lot of expectation. He didn't really live up to that. Um, but he's he's had to improve because. He's got so many players around him that are quality, and like he's obviously got injuries and stuff now, which have let him back in. Even Sissoko's getting the game at the minute somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I don't think he's necessarily underrated. I think he's got the ability; he's just not consistent enough. If he can prove his consistency, uh, and he can start scoring more goals more regularly, you now he's starting. Then, then yeah, I, I reckon. I mean, like you said, the stats speak for themselves. He just needs to do that over a con- like like a longer period of time. Yeah, Josh. Um... I think he's one of those players that maybe... Do you think when Pochettino's first come in, he didn't necessarily buy into his philosophy? And then like over a period of time... I mean, he was injured quite a bit. We know what his technical ability is like. Yeah, he, he scored, scored that Rabona. Rabona, he? yeah. yeah. He's the reason everyone knows what that's called now. Before <laughs> that, nobody knew what a Rabona was. <laughs> You're but, probably right, to be honest. Yeah, the only person I can remember even attempting one was David Dunn, and he... Fell over. <laughs> oh yeah, some tickers are bad. I, I, I just thought it was called a David Dunn. Yeah, that's when you fall over trying to do a reporter. Yeah. Um, Yarmolenko went off on a stretcher, which is not good news for West Six Ham. Six months um, at least. Is it really? Yeah, ruptured Achilles. Um, I want to talk about uh, Robert Snodgrass. Um, should he ha- should he have had a red card in that game? Was that the one where they didn't even? blow up for a foul yeah I think he scraped down his he went in studs up scraped yeah, down his ankle red card red card the ref's John- looking straight at it as well and he's just like yeah, looked away and gone no. Johnny yeah anything that could potentially cause damage to your ankle or your leg like that is it's got to be because it's irresponsible like ultimately yeah it's a competitive sport like I know some of the old school like oh you can't, you can't do anything these days like to foul every time you, you touch someone but ultimately like I think the players have got a duty to look after each other, even though they're against each other, Definitely. like and, and not hurt each other and harm each other. I mean, well, that was the yeah, whole nowadays. Argument. If Roy, if, say again. Uh, that was the whole argument um, with uh, the Joel Rawls one against Spurs was that uh, he just didn't go for the ball at all, and he went to injure the player rather than. And I think yeah, Eric, I mean, like, even Eric Dyer said like he could have brought him down in so many other ways yeah. rather than hacking him down. Like, I think it's like borderline criminal because I mean, if you think what Roy Keane did, to Alfie Holland, and everyone thinks Roy Keane like looks back and like laughs at it, but it's he, he actually ended Alfie Holland's career and yeah. by doing that, and he said in his autobiography, he admitted he did deliberately and he was going to take him out, and like he knew at some point in that game he was going to he was going to do it in his words, um, and I don't think that's acceptable. I think players like that who 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 have got a complete disregard for the other players' safety. It should be banned for longer than three matches, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He, um, if Suarez gets 10, 10 games for biting, I don't think that's as bad 
as someone who purposely goes in and tries to break someone's leg. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, yeah, um, Lucas Moore has gone over to the like the fourth official and taken his shin pad off and just like shown him. And there's like he's got like cuts all down yeah, his leg from horrible. the tackle. Uh, and the fourth official is just sort of a bit like, yeah, what can I do about it? Um, um, is retrospective punishment a thing? Uh, well, it might be if um, if the ref hasn't seen it, but yeah, I mean, no, if it problem, has to, it? it's really specific. It like has to not be in the match report. Yeah. So if he doesn't, if the ref doesn't write it down, say that he's seen it, then I mean, this is a ridiculous rule, really. Um, anyway, Spurs play Man City on Monday Night Football this week. Great Monday Night Football. Um, prediction, Johnny, for Spurs City. At, um, I assume it's a Wembley still. Oh. To cut now again, piece of shit. I've got like full, I've got like full Wi-Fi, and I'm like standing right next to the router now. Oh, so it might, might be my, might be my fault. Um, Spurs yeah, no versus worries, Man City at, um, at, I assume Wembley. Um, yeah, it's going to be goals in this. It's yeah. going to be goals in this. I, I'd anticipated going a similar kind of way to the Barcelona game. To be fair, where the City dominate the the first half pretty much possession wise, and I mean Spurs are a bit decimated at the moment, aren't they? They haven't got their best players out there. Uh, Kane. Is a bit. He's he's not firing like he used to, or like he usually does. Well, um, they've had their best start in the top flight ever, Spurs. Well, well, I mean, that just I, I think that probably just shows how well the other teams are doing as well. And yeah. when you you think they're not even the equation, it's like oh, like these three unbeaten teams in the league. And, um, yeah, I, I do think so you've got too much of them though, especially with De Bruyne coming back and stuff. Like they've just got too much depth. I reckon it'll be goals in this game. I reckon three-one City. All right, Josh. Did you say three-one City? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. exactly the same. Uh, I'm going to say Spurs aren't even going to score. I'm. I think two-nil, two-nil City. We're all there. We're all fairly on the same wavelength there. Um, all right, late kickoff on. Uh, we've only got a couple more games from the weekend. Um, we'll brush over them. Huddersfield versus Liverpool. Late kickoff on uh, Saturday. Finish one-nil to Liverpool. Uh, it's the third time in top flight history that three teams are unbeaten at this stage of the season. Um, 78, 79 and 1991, first time in Premier League history. Um, should um, should Milner, was it handball against Milner? Um, by the letter of the law, probably yes, but it was sort of mitigating factors. Like He's sort of gone to control it with his leg and it's just like bounced up and just like glanced his arm. I think if you're a Liverpool fan and it's given... Or if you're a if you're a fan of a team that's given against you're a bit like it's soft, but then equally, if you're a Huddersfield fan, you might feel a little bit aggrieved. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's one of them where you're kind of clutching at straws as a Huddersfield fan, aren't you? Because yeah. you need breaks like that to go your way, otherwise you're not got a cat house chance. I know it was only one nil, but uh, I know that a couple of other good chances as well. Yeah, I, I think it would have been harsh. Well. On to Huddersfield's chances. Should uh, Huddersfield's goal have stood, um, it came off L- between Lalana and I can't remember who the Huddersfield player was. Went through Pritchard. Great finish. Um, personally, I-, I thought it came off the Huddersfield player, so he was so Pritchard was offside. I thought it was a really, really good decision by the linesman. I've uh, not seen an angle where you can definitively tell, but Lalana said in his post-match interview, he was like. Um, I'd be surprised if I went up for a header and won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see who it came off in originally. Um, is, is it uh, Joshua the stat man? So I don't want to steal your thunder, but it's still the case that the top scoring Premier League player uh, at Huddersfield's grounds, Harry Kane. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was actually a Danny stat, not a Josh stat. Oh, was it? Sorry. Uh, I think they, they haven't scored at home since April. Um, which I mean, is we not think we've got problems. That's, that's just... It's uh, woeful, yeah, that, isn't it? I mean, that's next level. Actually, while we're talking about this game, I think this... What do you guys think of this Mo Salas like, being under the microscope? I mean, it was inevitable, wasn't it, after last season, but... Uh, like, in I, my opinion, like I think just to chuck my two sentences first before I pass it on, um, I think it's a, a lot of fuss about now. I mean, this time last season, I think you got the same amount of goals. I think he's created less chances. But one thing that people are forgetting to mention that I think is a massive factor for him and Mane is Ramadan, especially off the back of a World Cup. To be like, I mean, I can only imagine how like difficult it is to like fast uh, not without water and food during daylight hours for a whole month as like a couch potato, never mind a top level athlete. So. Like I don't know how I don't know how they still managed to play football to be fair, and if he's still kind of like getting back from that. Which, I mean, I remember when Dembélé was doing Ramadan for Newcastle. He, he looked was, like he, was, he looked like Ali Dia. He was absolutely he was awful. Yeah, he was, he was awful. Yeah. Um, uh, it must it must have an impact. So I think like give him some time to settle into the season with food. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're probably right. Um, the whole Salah thing that we talked about before um, that he's not. In my opinion, he's not going to have the same sort of season that he had last year. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, he's st- but that doesn't make him a bad player. I mean, he got 33 goals in the Premier League last season, something like that. Um, I think it was 40 goals in all competitions. So, he scored the same amount this this time last season as he has already now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he missed a lot of chances last season. He's missed, missed a lot of chances this season. So I agree with you. It probably is a fuss about nothing. Um, we just have to give them time. I th- I don't think Liverpool are as good as everyone's saying that they are, personally. Um, I think that showed on Saturday. Um, I know they didn't start with Firmino or Mane on Saturday, but I still think that they're not... Um, they could have lost that game on Saturday quite easily if they'd been <laughs> playing a team that wasn't Huddersfield. Um, the way that they played, anyway. Yeah, they gave the couple of good chances away, didn't they? Yeah. Joshua, do you think Salah a bit? Um, I was really pissed off to talk about my fantasy team. <laughs> I'd kept faith with him until that point, and then I took him <laughs> out. Um, yeah, I think actually what Johnny said is a really sort of valid point. Actually, I hadn't even considered that. And also, yeah. this year is probably the first time that one he's ever had to play with that expectation. Two that he's not really had a rest over the summer yeah because I can't remember Egypt going to a World Cup and certainly not when he's been playing for them so he's not had like a rest and then a full pre-season and then been able to hit the ground running but I think that level of expectation is like a big thing as well yeah Um, alright there's one more thing I want to talk about and that's with Liverpool Um, on Saturday Chris Sutton made uh, a, a bold claim that currently Virgil van Dijk is the third best player in the world. Well, it came from Chris Sutton, so that's not really gospel. No, I, I know. I, I but, think uh, Chris Sutton is, is an idiot. Um, and they talked about this. Paul Ince was, like, was really funny, actually. Basically saying that... He's, he's, don't listen to Chris Sutton. He's a tool. Um, but third best player in the world. Go on, Johnny. Give your opinion on that. Or maybe not. Let's go to Josh first. Um, on form or just in general? Um, well, I, I assume he, he meant on form. Uh, 
Liverpool's defence since he's come in has, because we all remember what they were like, sort of in the first two years of Klopp's managerial reign. They were hemor- they were they were winning games four three five four whatever, and he's sort of been that calming influence, that defensive leader that they've needed. Um, I think it's quite hard for a centre half to be regarded in that bracket because yeah. we always sort of. Like, how often does a centre-back win the Ballon d'Or? I mean, Cannavaro, was he the last one in 2006? Yeah. Um, and he'd just won a World Cup. Yeah. And as potentially captain. the Champions League as, with as well, maybe, with Madrid. Possibly. I don't maybe. know if he was there. Yeah. Know. Or he moved to Madrid off the back yeah. of that, anyway. Um, yeah, tricky. Bold statement, but um, I'm glad it was Chris Sutton that said it, not me. Yeah. Uh, Johnny? Yeah, I think Chris Sutton says stuff just for attention at times. I I, I don't... I mean, I love Van Dijk. Um, I don't know how... I mean, it's a random number as well. The third best player in like so there's only two better players than him in the world. I don't, yeah, I don't I, understand how, how he's worked that out. Like, stat, is it statistically? Is it just his opinion? Like, I don't understand. Obviously, Liverpool's defensive record's, like, really impressive since he signed for them, but he's not the only defender at Liverpool. They've obviously signed a new keeper. Uh, Liverpool's forward pressing obviously helps that. Like so, <laughs> well, Mino, thought... like pressing from the front and things like that. Like if if Virgil Van Dijk played in Fulham's team, he wouldn't have that record. So yeah, well, there's um, some interesting stats on uh, on match of the day on Saturday in that um, because everyone's been banging on about about Van Dijk and uh, how Liverpool are much better defensively. Uh, I, I've been critical of Allison um, since he signed for Liverpool, but actually. Um, they've faced the same amount of shots that they did at this stage last season, which proves that, possibly proves that Van Dijk isn't really doing that much. I mean, we don't know how far away the shots are. Maybe they've had some more shots from from outside the box, possibly. But um, it just shows that the keeper is having a huge influence on what's going on in the defence at Liverpool. I think the emergence of like Joe Gomez, he was brilliant on Saturday. Um, also, I think Lovren will have taken a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, confidence from the World Cup, even though he came out and said he was like one of the best defenders in the world. Maybe he's the fourth best player in the world. Maybe his know. English is just poor. <laughs> yeah, possibly. But I think there's a lot of mitigating factors in this. I, I don't think Van Dijk is as good as everyone's saying he is. I, I think he's had an impact, but I don't think he is like. And he's he's, he's having a he's playing well, but he's also in a in a very very good Liverpool team. Do you think? I mean that defense. That, that that I mean again, it's English players, Alexander Arnold and Gomez. I mean the two teenagers that are going to play for England for a long time. And, yeah. Um, and you got uh, Robertson on the left as well. Like all three of them are class players. I reckon if you, you know, you take Van Dijk out, replace him with Lovren, the knock, the defensive record isn't going to change that much. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. as much as I love Van Dijk. Do you think Liverpool's back four is better when it's Alexander Arnold, Gomez, Van Dijk, and Robertson? Or when they shift Gomez to right back and bring in Lovren. Uh, what the best defender in the world, Lovren? <laughs> yeah. Is he number one? Is he Chris Sutton's number one? Probably, yeah. He's yeah. his own number one. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like um, me. I think that I think uh, Gomez. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask today, and then I, I decided not to, was like, what, where is Gomez's best position? I took it out because I realised that he's just a really good option to have at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Um, he played really well on Saturday. His delivery was pretty good as well. What I would say is that, um, like for the argument of playing Gomez at the back, is that that is probably a better 
defensive. Yeah, he's thing. a he's a great natural athlete, but he's not necessarily got the natural attacking instincts yeah. that a fullback. Would yeah, have. he's a, he's a good defender, whereas Alexander Arnold, I would argue, is probably not a very good defender, but is is good at going forward, which is sort of like the classic like. Um, how many how many players can you name in the sort of good defensively and good attacking? I mean, even someone like Marcelo well, or Jordi Alba. Yeah, his crossing is, is some of the best I've seen from a fullback for a long time. And Trippier's up there as well. And I think there's a reason why him and Trippier were the set piece takers for England because, yeah. like, like I've never I've never seen for as long as I can remember for England seeing a, a right back who can cross a ball like that well. Yeah, it's um, it's nice to have like different options, isn't it? I don't know. Danny Mills was up there. <laughs> Danny Mills was was awful. Danny Mills, he scored, didn't he? Did he did he score for England or something? I'm yeah, sure he I did. think he scored. He got nineteen caps. He got ninety. I know, he ridiculous. Um, he, he was. Uh, it was that was two thousand two World Cup, wasn't it? Because yeah. Gary Neville got injured, and then, then we had no one else. else. Leeds were doing all right, so I thought we'll stick Leeds full back up there. Because was he in one of your worst 11s? Yeah, he was he in was mine. In yeah. he, he got close. No, he never scored. He got three England under twenty one goals though. How many times did he uh, play? Fourteen. That's, that's not a bad record for a right back to be fair but terrible for England um, anyway let's move on uh, Everton versus Crystal Palace runs on Sunday uh, one game on Sunday it's the first time Everton have won three Premier League games in a row since Martinez era no since January 2017 oh, not that far not that far ago Allardyce um, yeah that would have been Allardyce wouldn't it wasn't that um, yeah, 2018? So. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be Kerman. Yeah, Kerman. Uh, Everton Kuhlman. were quite lucky at times in the first half. Uh, Palace hit the bar. Um, was it a penalty? Uh, I've not seen it, but from the um, from the reaction that I have. Sorry, I'll just talk away from my mic as much <laughs> as possible. Uh, from the reaction that I've listened to, they were all sort of say, suggesting that it was. Yes, I thought it was Johnny. I can't remember what the, the what happened. To be fair, I just remember him missing. I can't remember seeing how why it was given. Uh, Coleman, I think tripped uh, Zaha, but I think any so if Zaha goes him. down, it's going to be a yeah. free kick nowadays. So yeah, he's under the microscope for diving, isn't he? Yeah. But if if it was a clear trip, then yeah, give it. Why not? Um, should Richarlison have had a penalty? Um, James nah. Tompkins was holding him. No, nah, that would have been soft. Nah, that would be soft. That. I mean, he needs to just uh, get a bit of a grip. I think he's been hanging about with Neymar too much. Yeah, Josh? Uh, I've not seen it, so I can't comment, I'm um, afraid. I'm not... He'd fall over today. If, if, I don't know if what the weather's like down, down in, in Liverpool, but yeah, he'd fall over today, Richarlison, if he goes down <laughs> off that. Um, I he'd personally, stay in the house. I personally thought it was a pen. Um, because I, don't, I think we've seen it. We saw it a lot in the World Cup. I don't think he can hold players like that anymore. Um, he just likes him, man. He just likes him. He just wanted to give him a cuddle. <laughs> him a cuddle. Um, quality subs, though, from uh, Silver. I, I think Silver's a bit of a fraud, to be honest. But he, he made some good, uh, made some <laughs> Do good. You hate everything Watford related. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there's a bit of method to his madness, though, because if you're managing against the Roy Hodgson team, you don't have to worry about their attacking. I mean, I know they've got Zaha, but if you're nil-nil going into the last ten minutes, like. Um, I think he's probably got with four attackers on we're more likely to score against a Hodgson yeah. team than they are against us it was a great striker uh, a great header by uh, Calvert-Lewin 
it proves that he needs to play through the middle and not on the wing. Uh, I don't know who was meant to be marking him. Like no, he ju- he got away. He just got away, didn't he? He was in between two defenders. Um, it was a really nice ball in by Luckman as well. Um, and I thought Tosin's finish was pretty good as well. Bit lucky, the fact that it just ran straight to him. But um, yeah, and he just like head down, hit it as hard as you can, wasn't it? it? He didn't like, was no finesse about it. Yeah, it was just like hit as hard as you can. Yeah. And he hit through his legs. Could have quite yeah. easily been saved. Um, all right, let's go on to last night. Uh, it was Arsenal versus Leicester. Um, it finished three-one. That's ten wins in a row for Arsenal for the first time since October two thousand seven, when they won twelve in a row. Um, this is a new Arsenal. Um, are they title contenders this season? Josh, go first. I think in a in a world where Man City didn't exist in their current guys I think yes but I think City are probably like overwhelming favourites okay Johnny I think he's still working it out this season isn't he like Aubameyang's in now like well um, Aubameyang came on in played... the 61st minute on uh, last night and Which then goal they scored 63rd and 65th minute I think it was which goal was yeah. it that's that, like, that, the that incredible sec- move that second goal yeah that's the second, second goal, goal was yeah. insane I, I think I've, I, I can't remember, and it applies to his goal as well. I can't remember Ozil um, looking so sharp for a long time. Well, like, my next question he usually is just be looks how like good is he, he looks knackered, like he's been in a like in a, in a rainstorm and been walked like four miles to get home or something. <laughs> he always looks like he's he's just pretty knackered all the time, but he looked really sharp last night. Isn't that because his eyes are so far apart, so he can't actually see where he's running? <laughs> Possibly, like a fly Harsh, just bouncing around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harsh. Um, how good is Meza Ozil? Um, I think Wenger said this. We will get on to talk about Wenger in a minute. But um, Arsene Wenger said that Ozil had to be playing for Germany to get the best out of him at Arsenal. Um, bearing in mind, Ozil hasn't played for Germany for a while um, and he's playing pretty well at the moment. Emery's building his team Who's... around him, though, isn't he? He is, yeah. Go on, Johnny. Who said that about him? Arsene Wenger? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was probably just an excuse because I, I don't think he ever did get the best out of Ozil. Like the no. first six months he was there, um, he was like really good. Like I think he was scoring and creating for fun, but then it just tailed off, didn't it? Yeah, um, I think it was and, a, li- a little bit of a lack of motivation for Ozil. I think he was sort of settled, and um, and then he was going to get played regardless of of how well he played. I think that it was at that point. Um, I I really rate o- Ozil. I think he's a phenomenal player and on his day is up there with your sort of um, bold statement coming up um, up there with your David Silvers uh, and your Kevin De Bruyne's in terms of how effective he can be on a game but he will never be considered as world class because he doesn't do it often enough I think he is well regarded though like more so overseas like in, in Spain and that people love him Yeah, and obviously Germany well maybe not so much now but like I, I do genuinely think though that like under Wenger, Arsenal struggled a lot with discipline, and I think now he's had a kick up the arse because he got dropped for a couple of weeks by Emery, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and you know Emery demands like pressing from the front, high energy football, and like if you look at uh, Emery's teams, like he's managed over the years, like the the number tens and the inside forwards get a lot of goals. I think that's just a lot to do with how fit his teams are and stuff like that. So. I think he's he just wasn't in the right team or right environment to shine in Wenger, and I know that sounds like a bit of a cop out, but because yeah. he, he's responsible for his own game. But at the same time, if like your teammates aren't putting in the effort and putting in the graft, why? What, he must feel like why should I? Yeah, um, 
Just on to Leicester for a minute. Uh, Jamie Vardy, he attempted four passes last night. Um, one, he made, one of them came off and it was deep into his own half. So he had a 25% success <laughs> pass rate. He had no take-ons, no shots and no trances created. Um, if Vardy isn't firing... Does it just uh, obviously Chilwell was it was it Chilwell's goal or was it Bellerin's goal? Yeah, it was an own goal. Yeah, um, it was it was it was uh, Jay Leno and goal from the look of things. Like I, I, I don't know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He, he, he anticipated the cross coming in, but it wasn't even going that fast. I, I just think he should have stayed rooted. But I would have said that's an OG. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, I it was think it went OG. down as an OG, didn't it? Um, how without Vardy firing like that, um, do you think Ian Acho has enough in him to score the goals or another option? I know Madison. Obviously, we spoke. We speak about Madison a lot on this because we really like him. Do we think that they've got enough in that sort of number nine role? He does have that odd habit to go missing, doesn't he, Vardy? Do you remember he came on for England for twenty minutes and didn't touch the ball? Yeah, that, I mean that which doesn't is, surprise me. Which is a pretty Im- impressive thing. I feel like he is a bit of a one trick. Mm. A bit harsh to call him a one trick pony. I was pony, just going to say that myself. He's a he's an he off is. the shoulder centre forward, but he doesn't really do anything else. Yeah, go on, Johnny. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you kind of took the words out of my mouth because although you stopped yourself, I would describe him as a one trick pony. He's off the shoulder. He's in behind, and if if a team's got, I mean, I know you've already you've already seen that stat about the the fastest players at Arsenal, Socrates and Mustafi are up there. If if he can't outrun the centre halves, then he's not he's not effective. Basically, he's not mm-hmm. that good technically. He's just really direct. I think Ian Atchu has got more about him, like as an all round game. Maybe not a good a finisher as Vardy, but he'll get himself into those positions regardless of who he's playing against. And I think Vardy relies on his pace too much, and as he's getting older, obviously that advantage is going to rapidly decline. Yeah, I think they have to invest in a in a striker. Not maybe not in January, but definitely next next summer. Um, all so, he needs to adapt his game because all the best players adapt their game so like Giggs when, when his legs went he started sitting back and dictating play from deep West schools was the same Yeah, like I know you're talking about top level players but Vardy is an international player if he's got anything about him he should learn to adapt his game yeah I, just, I would say that um, he was he needs to look at someone like and I'm, I'm vomiting in my own mouth saying this um, but he needs to look at someone like Michael Owen. Michael Owen still scored goals for Manchester United when he came on, um, but in a completely different way than he did when he was 21. Kevin Phillips is the same. Kevin Phillips, like uh, he was all like he was a similar kind of player to Vardy when he first came on the scene, just pacing behind poacher type. Yeah. Uh, and as he got older, I mean, he played top level football. He was like 35, so it can be done. But you just got to put the graft in and, and work out. Right. Okay. Well, how am I gonna, you know, make my career last longer? Because ultimately, if he, he carries on playing like that, then he's gonna be out of the team. He's gonna be down the leagues again. Yeah. Back where right. he started at Fleetwood Town in two years. Kevin Davis made a career out of being a bulldog up front with no pace. <laughs> Is there any ever gonna be podcasters with Kevin Davis isn't mentioned? I was I was surprised he didn't get mentioned before when you were talking about Glenn Murray. I've, I've got a brilliant stat about Kevin Davis. Go on, then. He once committed 18 fouls in the first half of a match and didn't get booked. <laughs> I think that's that says skill. more about the standard of refereeing than it does about Kevin Davis. His England career was 20 minutes and he got booked. <laughs> you know what, though, right? And, and like, I know we'll be going off on a tangent because I, I, I do want you to do an Allardyce special and like I, I wouldn't mind appearing on that to have my two cent as well, but... Uh, I think like those stats against Kevin Davies are Allardyce's fault because literally he <laughs> used to just ping balls long to him, didn't he? And he was yeah. bound to give away fouls. Yeah, climbing all over. 
Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Leicester play West Ham at the weekend in the late kickoff. Um, Johnny, it's at the King Power. What do you reckon? Leicester against where? West Ham? Yeah. Mm, pretty even that game, isn't it? I mean, West Ham were a bit of a funny one at the minute. They started really badly, then they picked up a bit, got a couple of wins, and then they tailed off again. It's a bit up and down from them at the minute. A couple of injuries um, to contend with as fa- well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that injury, that sounds nasty, that. Is it Yarmolenko? Yeah. You could yeah. you could hear him um, scream out on the uh, on the highlights. Yeah, it was fairly grim. Uh, well, that's that's. I mean, he might not even recover from that. To be fair, how old is he now? Thirty-one, something like that. Um, that might be a career ender for him. But like, that's that's not good. But uh, yeah, Arnautovic is a bit of a one-man team. And uh, Felipe Anderson's you've seen glimpses, but yeah, I see Leicester. Leicester are going to come back from last night's defeat and two 0 Cool, two 0 Leicester, Josh. Yeah, similar. One yeah. two 0 no. Fine margins. Leicester win. Yeah. Um and Arsenal play on Sunday. Uh, they play Crystal Palace. Um I'm gonna go for an Arsenal win. Um three one again. Josh? I uh, can't see Palace scoring. Already? Unless Leno's in goal. Yeah, maybe three one. Johnny? Yeah, I reckon he might start Bamiyang on Lacazette and just go for it. It could be a cricket score if they're not careful of the way they're playing. Um, I'll go 4 nil. Cool. A couple of games I forgot. Uh, Liverpool-Cardiff, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to go 5 nil Liverpool. Yeah, something similar. Johnny? Uh, who are they against? Liverpool-Cardiff. All right, yeah. Yeah, I think that might be the start of like the, the front three proper firing if they get time on the pitch. Uh, I'd, I'd go similar, 4 or 5 Cool. And uh, last but not least, Manchester United versus Everton late kickoff on Sunday. Decent game. Um, at Old Trafford. Johnny, what do you reckon? Ooh. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to predict Man United at the moment. Um, you don't know which one's going to turn up. I think if you ask me the question like on Friday after I've seen Mourinho's press conference, I might give you a completely different score, but I reckon they're probably just going to scrape it 2-1. Josh? Yeah, I can either see it sort of being a really dour game that sort of sparks into life late on, or it could be a bit of a, a bit of a thriller. Um, I think United will edge it, um, and I'm going to go for score draw one all. Um, Is that the end of Mourinho then? Do you reckon if that happens? Because that would have been like, well, I know like it was a decent result, I guess, at the weekend, but the way the manner in which they lost, uh, they lost the three points. I think and, he's got a couple the, more the weeks left. Castle and early then. I think he's got a couple more weeks left in him, but I don't think he's... How do you see it ending? I think he'll get sacked. Do you reckon you won't see the season now? You not think? No. I think he'll... I mean, we've said on the pod before, I think he'll go before Christmas. Josh thinks after. Um, but I, He always I, does I that. It's, it's just before Christmas and it's his third season at a club. He yep. always leaves. Exactly. Um, all right, another manager that I want to talk about, uh, Arsene Wenger, we've mentioned him before. I think this is his first mention on the podcast this week. Well, I mean, we've, we're cracking on now, an hour and a half podcast. Bloody this hell. is brilliant. This um, is going to feed I reckon my if anyone's still time. listening to this, yeah, I mean, if anyone's still listening to this now, you should like do something on Instagram where you like, if you got through an hour and a half or an hour and 40, whatever it is, uh, and you heard this, and get, give them some instructions on something to do and they can win a prize or something. Yeah, all right. Uh, my, you, uh, they should be rewarded listens. for listening to us for that long. My brother listens to this on his way to work because he's fed up with his tube commute already, so he gets the bus. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening this far, then give us a little Instagram message and we'll sort you out with some signed merchandise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, 
Paco Horns yeah, t-shirt. You don't count, Can you just give, the, just give them the merchandise without that graffiti on it? <laughs> That's probably what ask for. <laughs> All right, then. A couple more things to talk about. People, are, Everyone's waiting for JB's tiny tips so they can win some money or lose some money. Um, Arsene Wenger said he's going to return on January the 1st. Uh, where is he going? I want to keep this short and sweet. Johnny? Real, Ma- Real Madrid. Whoa. Oh. Ooh. I don't know if we can keep that short. Go on. Rationale? I know. I know. Well, he's, he's, his odds his odds have been slashed. Real Madrid are having an absolute nightmare and he's available and he's one of the best managers ever. So it makes sense. He got offered the job like two or three times while he was at Arsenal. So obviously a, they're obviously a fan of his. Uh, and I could see him being tempted back for, for a job that big. It won't be anything small. It'll either be that or France, and it's not going to be France, Bayern is it? Munich. So I reckon Real. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Bloody oh, hell. yeah, they're having a they, the wobble as well. Because they've got, uh, is it Robert Kovac? Yes. Uh, and he's he's just like, he's not an experienced manager. Well, I'm the only one that's not going to stick my neck out on this. I think he's going to go back to Japan, um, where he started his career. Uh, and I think he's just going to take over some Minnow team in okay. Japan. So you think it would just be a bit of an anti-climax? Take, take, take a bit of a payday. Yeah. Um, but has it not been built up as like this big thing? Like, And then that would be a letdown. It'd be like, I don't know, like a special guest on a, on, on some pod, like on, special guest on a podcast and it just turns out it'd be uh, Danny's brother. That's like the kind of <laughs> level of disappointment that will be felt. Um, yeah, I mean, that is quite disappointing to we're, be honest. We're really pushing the budget this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will have some good guests on soon. Um, I'm joking. No, we love the guests that we've had on. It's been great. Um, all right, next thing. Um, last week, we put out a little poll on uh, Instagram. We wanted your top five penalty takers um, of all time. If you could choose five penalty takers, if you were in a cup final, it could be anyone. I'm going to go first with this. It was my question I posed. Let's see how many we've got similar, Johnny and Josh. Okay. Number one, Frank Lampard. 70 penalties taken in his career, 60 scored. Is this in order of takers? This is in order of takers, yeah. Number two, Big Alan Shearer. 65 penalties taken, 63 scored. Number three, James Milner. 21 penalties, 18 scored. Next up, Andrea Perlo. 28 penalties, 20 scored. Might not seem like an amazing record, but... Him and Zidane, who I've got last, 14 pens, 11 scored. They up, they both scored them in massive games. So they weren't necessarily prolific penalty takers, but they um, they scored them in huge games. That one he scored against England as well at Euro 2012, the little Panenka chip down yeah, the middle. Just so fit. But he just... He didn't even make a thing of it, did he? He just did it and walked yeah. back. I've seen him miss one of those against Barcelona, though, when Valdez just caught the ball. It's pretty embarrassing for him. <laughs> um, so that that was the reason why he didn't make mine, but I'll let, I'll let Josh go first or like counter with, uh, with Um I did a lot of scribbling. Um, I had Lampard in, and yeah. then I took him out because I remembered when I cried when he missed in the 2006 World Cup. Yes, yes, same page. Exactly the same memory came back to me, and I was thinking... But then no, I, I remember, can't put him in for that reason. But then I remembered how many times I've watched him take a penalty and he's just absolutely buried it. Yeah. That so, was the only uh, time it mattered for me, though. I didn't give a shit about Chelsea. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but then I remembered that, like, Carragher missed as well, so I, like, I let him off. <laughs> he um, scored his first one. Yeah. And then they made him retake it and he missed. <laughs> yeah. So I, I put, I've got Lampard and Shearer as my one and two. Okay. Which is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I've gone Ricky Lambert. 
Yeah. Because he's People just will be got thinking that Ricky Lambert is quite a, a controversial show. choice, but no, it's statistics. Yes. Never missed one for Southampton. Then I've gone for Matt Letissier. Yeah. Yes. And then I've gone for an absolute curveball as my number five, a Brazilian goalkeeper called Rogerio Saini. Okay. 51 career penalties he scored wow. and he's the you know that Paraguayan goalie that everyone always raves on about Jose Luis Chilaver well uh, Rogerio Saini scored 132 career goals as a keeper wow including That's one incredible. including one from open play what? <laughs> That's mental. I'm trying to work that one out. Um, <laughs> Does that mean not in a shootout I guess and uh, yeah so not... the rest were pens yeah. and free kicks. Um right. he scored he scored 21 goals in the 2004-2005 season. Fucking hell. Um, so I've just, <laughs> that's I've, crazy, I've, isn't it? Really? I've just put him in for sheer bands. Yeah. Well, well, that's actually um, that, that's actually interesting because that, that's made me think of another thing that you can add to this. Um, who would your goalkeeper be to save them? Well, that's that. Don't preempt because that is coming up. Oh, sorry, mate. You can cut that bit out. Yeah. Cut that bit out. <laughs> Go on, penalty takers, Johnny. Yeah, Shearer first because like I've never seen him miss one in a shootout that matters. Uh, then Cristiano Ronaldo, Letizia, same. Yeah, Hazard and another curveball because again I've never seen him. I think I've seen him miss one, but the rest of them were always in the side netting, keeping no chance. Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. yeah, good shout, Johnny. I've got a question for you. I found an article that uh, ranked penalty takers, and do you have any idea who the best penalty taker of all time is according to this article? Um, I can give you some best, clues. Is that based like. on percent? It'll be like is that an algorithm of like he's got to have taken X amount and he's got to scored X amount of percentage of, of ones he's taken? Is it is it that how they worked it out or um, just someone's opinion? So they like there were loads of different sort of things. I can't. I've just taken. A I would screenshot. have said Letitia. I would have said Letitia because he never missed one. Did yeah, he? He came third. He was third. All right. Go on then. I don't know. No uh, idea. A player called. Uh, I can't even pronounce his first name. It's like Cuauhtémoc Blanco, played for Mexico. <laughs> oh, is that him who did that skill where he put the ball between his feet and jumped? Uh, yeah, I think it's him that did that one. He yeah. scored 71 out of 73 career penalties. Number two was wow. Graham Alexander. Well, um, I'm just oh, looking yeah. down He was the... in one of your comments. Yeah, yeah so jo- comments. Joey, who's a regular listener of the pod. Uh, Josinho, said... call him by his first full name. Yeah, Josinho, um, <laughs> Graham Alexander. Uh, he had James Milner, Shira, Perlo and Letizia as well. Some of the other, uh, Ollie, um, sorry, firstly, Chris. Chris, who's a good friend of ours. Uh, he said... Uh, Baines taking all five penalties. He scored his first ten. Yeah, you know. and then he said up the fucking toffees, which just made me lose interest in his comment altogether. Um, but Ollie, who was on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, uh, he went for Hazard, Letizia, Gerard, um, and two mm. wild cards. The first one was Mario Balotelli. I'd, Good I'd, shout that though. I, I think. I wouldn't trust Balotelli not to do something ridiculous, like try and score it by driving his car onto the pitch or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, and, it was either him or Hazard for my like ice in his veins kind of penalty take. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like just cool head because he, he never <laughs> he never bottled anything like that, Balotelli. No. And it, uh, Ollie's final one was. Have a guess. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy, of course it was. Fuck off, Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> is, he, um, is he the Leicester fan? Is he? Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. By any chance. Right. Um, so oh, he was. Was he the the other guest? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He he knew what he was talking about. Apart from with Leicester, with like everything <laughs> else. Me and uh, 
me and a, a friend of mine, Johnny, we played a drinking game during the World Cup, which was every time Ollie mentioned something about Leicester, we had to have a sip of our drink and we were both absolutely slaughtered <laughs> within about 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, we love Ollie. He'll be, he'll be back on soon. So this week's question that we're going to put to our listeners is, Josh Bentley. Who are the top five goalkeepers of all time? So linked to what Johnny said before about who would you want to save these penalties, we want your top five goalkeepers uh, of all time. We're going to put out a post. You can tweet in at JaffPod, um, uh, get on it at JaffPod on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know who you think your top five goalkeepers of all time are. A um, couple of things just to uh, just to finish up on. Um, first, we're going to go to some questions that we've had in. Um, we've already go, gone over the whole uh, Ozil situation. Uh, how shit are Newcastle was one of the questions. But one of the questions I want to ask, and Johnny, this is for you. Um, who's worse? Oh, Hosselin. really? Did, did they know I was? Did they know I was on? No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> posing this one to you. Who's worse, right, okay. Hosselu or Dwight Gale? Oh, definitely Hosselu. I mean, I, I don't like that. Who's worse? Dwight Gale's better because he's a better finisher. Okay. I think Hosselu's better target man, but he didn't score enough goals. So, uh, yeah, Dwight Gale's a better player. Yeah, and Josh, I've got a question for you. Uh, Ollie said that Arsenal won't make the top four this season. What do you think about that? Uh, I think they are banging contention for it. Yeah, I so think I. it's a shootout. I think the top five teams will be City, Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal if Mourinho stays. Well, I think I said in the first podcast I actually have a bet on Arsenal to win the league this season. So let's hope that comes in. Also, but, just before we forget, Bolton drew this week but it was, we missed a penalty. And, and, okay. Just so we mentioned them. <laughs> end, end, end of Bolton. End. It was against um, Is Sami Amiobi still there playing for you? Yes. Brilliant. Newcastle yeah. legend. Who else? <laughs> oh, no, jealous. Yeah, no, you don't want to know who else is playing for us. It's horrific. At least it's not Tim Ream. Oh, yeah. Why have they bought... Yeah, he's the other defender at Fulham. He's shit. Yeah, he's terrible. You know, <laughs> do you remember that Ben Arthur goal where he dribbled through everyone against Bolton? Tim Ream was the one who ended mm. up on his arse at that. We ended up on his goal. arse on Saturday as well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me <laughs> at all. All right, next up, um, one of the final things, JB's tiny tip for this week. Um, go for City it. City to beat Tottenham 3-1. And could, does it give you odds with goal scorers? Or okay, not? I can... Let's... Let me just. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong place on my app for that. Um, but I'm sure that is something we will be able to do. Well, I was going to go for like. A You've had, had a bit of a too. slump. Do you know what? You though? had a bit of a slump lately, Josh. Yeah, you? I know. Do you know what though? With like a couple of them, like Leicester took the lead last night. Newcastle were two 0 up. Kane hit the bar with a header. Like I was pretty close. So you're not allowed to um, cash out if your results coming in. No. You can't cash out. No. no, you've got to see it through to the end. You've got to yeah. stay true to yourself. Right, right, so we can do. But like, if like if this odd is like seventeen to sixteen, like I'm just not going to go with that because it's not that out there. I can do a scorecast. Um, so yeah. I can do first goal scorer and correct goal and correct score. Do you want to do that? Yeah. What's the odds? So three one, three one city, city. and who to score uh, first? First. Oh, I can't decide between Aguero or Sterling. Mm. It's a tricky one, like. Well, Aguero does well against Arsenal, like uh, that would that would. Aguero uh, to score first is thirty-three to one, and Sterling to score line. first is forty-five to one. With Mate, let's go with that Aguero one. Okay, 
Although, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we win that? 33 to 1, correct score and first goal scorer. That's, uh, yeah. Right, so, what are you doing with the winnings at the end of the season? Is it end of the season? You have a party with the winnings if Pay. you've got any or what? Yeah, yeah, well, currently I'm st- we're still up, so um, I think we have to pay for our SoundCloud upload subscription. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> um, what goes on behind the scenes of this podcast is riveting, guys. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. We had a meeting about it yesterday on the way to playing football. Yeah, it was great. All right, then. So the last um, thing we're going to do this with every guest that we have on. We did it with Ollie. Uh, we want Johnny. We want your uh, winner of the Premier League and your winner of the Champions League, please. Ollie went for Man City to win both. I've gone for Barcelona to win the Champions League, Man City to win the league. Josh has gone for Man City to win the league and Real Madrid to win the Champions League. Johnny Miller, what is your tip for the Premier League and Champions League? Mm. I, I mean, is this like a competition though? Because if everyone picks the same winners, it's like. Mm, well, boring. no, it's just it's it's just a bit of fun. I'm just interested. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. I'll I'll go with a bit left field, then I'll see Liverpool for the title. Um, okay. I think it's a bit worrying though that like Man City's best player arguably has been out and they've still been unbeaten and pretty much dominated games uh, without him. Um. And Liverpool's best players aren't really firing, but I think that time will come, like I said before. And I think with Shakiri and uh, I'm hoping the new signings like Fabinho and Cater actually step up. And Cater's done all right, but Fabinho has been absolutely horrendous, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll go Liverpool just as a curveball because they were quite close to the, towards the end of the season in terms of form, weren't they? End of last season. Yeah, it was the beginning of the season that they kind of took them out of the race. And then Champions League, um, I'd go uh, Barcelona. I think like against Spurs, they just showed that they've still got a, like a hell of a lot of class. Uh, who's that? It's Arthur. I call him like uh, Arthur. Hey, what is. a wonderful kind yeah. of day! <laughs> brilliant um, show, yeah. brilliant show. Not too old. Oh, Josh still watches it that. now. I think. You know what he is? What animal is he? Eh? He's There's a, a tri- trivia. What animal, animal is Arthur? Isn't he a bear? No, he's an aardvark. Is he an aardvark? aardvark? He's the like, most yeah. pan-faced aardvark I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never um, seen a talking aardvark. So. The only aardvark <laughs> reference I can recall is in Blackadder. He says, oh, right, he says yeah. he's got a protruding nasal implement. So, yeah, I'd agree with that pan-faced sort of assessment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What has what this turned into? After one. an hour and 49 minutes, we've gone mental, I If think. you're still listening now, message me and I'll, like, order you something. Yeah. Like a chocolate bar yeah. off yeah. Amazon. We'll sort you out, a pizza, don't worry. Pizza, a you pizza t- on you Josh. two are exempt. Yeah. You oh. two. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and Champions League, yeah, Barcelona. Because I just think the way that they're playing, it's just, it's just so suited to European football, like the possession style. Um, Messi's just still different gravy. I know Josh has got his doubts. But, um, they've got so much young talent coming through, Dembele, Arthur again. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just really rate them. I think that they're, they're going to go all the way. It's going to be difficult, like, but I think because the way Real are playing, Bayern Munich, they, they might pick it up if they change managers. But yeah, at the minute, Barca and Liverpool. Cool. Well, what a marathon, marathon show today. Um, Jesus Christ, nearly two hours. I know, but I've really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for listening. If you've got this far. Well done. We will sort you out. If you've got this far, please let us know. Should we split it in half, Um, part one, part two? Yeah, well, maybe we should. Maybe we should. We'll see. Yeah, I reckon we should say, right, okay, if you've listened this far, uh, on on Instagram, um, at 
Daft Pod, hashtag Deliveroo, and um, Josh or Danny or both will buy you whatever takeaway you want. Fucking hell, bro. Do you think we're made of money? Well, I think, you're, I think your money's safe, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for you to Instagram in. Um, but yes, thank you very much for listening. Um, again, we want your top five goalkeepers um, at JaffPod, hashtag JaffPod. Uh, get in touch. We'll be putting another post out this week for you to get involved with and uh, all that sort of stuff. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to you two. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you'll be back on soon enough, I'm sure. Um, when you've got another three hours spare. When we've got another three hours spare. Um But yeah, I've loved it. Thank you very much. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.